What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. But I'm excited for this show today. Um, if you listen to our other shows, this will kind of be uh, the New Generation version of the day-night doubleheader. We did record a uh, New Generation Hero Talk earlier today, and today we're coming back again for more, this time talking about sports. We had a major, obviously, week with the NBA Finals wrapping up in the Warriors sweep of the Cavaliers, so we'll dive in to all the things happening with uh, the end of the NBA season. We also had a major move in Philadelphia after what ended up being a much more extended period of limbo than I expected for Brian Colangelo, though he eventually... Uh, parted ways with the Philadelphia 76ers. They're calling it an official resignation, uh, but Woj is saying parted ways, which sounds more like firing. So whatever the case is, he's no longer the head man in Philly, so we'll talk about that impact. And Kendall, after taking off a week on mock drafts, he will be back this week with a brand new mock draft. And exciting for you guys, this one will be a full lottery mock draft, so not just the top 10, we're going all the way through 14 picks. And, of course, at the end of the show, we'll have Kendall's court. And also, don't forget, we will talk about uh, uh, Julian Edelman's PED suspension. But before that, obviously, let me bring in my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, a lot to get to. Um, what are you excited to talk about today? The NBA season's over, DJ. Yes, it is. Very sad. It means I have to go watch Mets baseball. I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's a it's a good thing in the sense that I'm glad those NBA finals are over. Because it was... That was the longest four-game sweep that I, really? I don't think I've ever. That's funny. I saw shout out to Bomani Jones. Someone talked about how this was a terrible finals to watch, and I've heard people kind of say that too. I thought that these games, besides the last game, were very. The games weren't bad. They were entertaining. The game, like the game two, was a blowout. But I mean, when a guy makes nine threes, that's incredible. And in game one and two, I one and three, I thought were borderline classics. But one th- one was definitely a classic. Game one was an, uh, was a legendary. That's an all time NBA Finals game, without question. But after game one, we all knew the series was over. Right. So at that point, it was just like you're waiting for the Golden State Warriors to win, and they won, and they won. And it's like how how, how long before we crown these guys champions? Yeah. But so much so that by the time they won, it felt like man, they won this thing last week. Yeah. Why are we even celebrating this now? It was like weird. So in that regard, I'm glad we're finally done with the season, but. No more basketball for about a month until we get to or for about a couple of weeks. Yeah, we yeah. If you count the draft, it's only really only for yeah. a couple of weeks. Then that low period uh, between the draft and the summer league is for press conferences and you know free agency rumors, and then we have free agency followed immediately by the summer league for a month, a month and a half, and then you know if you're into international basketball, that's also a thing. It's crazy how basketball didn't always wasn't always like this. Where uh, usually we always talk about football being a twelve month sport, which twenty four seven, which seemed crazy because there's so much time where there's no football. Yeah. But like we got to, I think I I feel like in the late the the mid two thousands, especially around the the Brady Manning runs, like I think football reached this peak of popularity in this country. Where it's just like people wanted to see OTAs, people wanted to see mini camp, yeah. people wanted to see rookie camp, people wanted to see training camp, people wanted to see the March first deadline when people started signing. It was every single thing in the NFL had nah. to be covered twenty four seven because the, the fever pitch. Yeah, it's not the same. The fever pitch for people seeking NFL content is no longer was it was there before. It's no longer there now. That is now transitioned to basketball. Where I think basketball and the NBA is a 
twelve is a twelve month sport. The the drama, the most dramatic part of the season is July first. It's not even besides the playoffs. That's the most dramatic part of the NBA season. Every single off season has not disappointed. Ever since LeBron made really his decision in twenty ten, every off season is what the heck's gonna happen on July first and all the twists and turns that happen. And then again, what you talked about before, the summer league is now actually. Really, the people have garnered way more interest in that than I ever would have expected. Yeah, people just are more knowledgeable. I think about college players, Which is more knowledgeable about rookies. The one and done, you would think people don't care about college basketball. It's the mixtape YouTube era. Yeah, high Every, school basketball, high school basketball, college basketball. Everyone wants to look and know who the next big LeBron James guy is, or just who the guy is going to be on their team. And yeah. you could do the, the help of the, obviously before the great work. Uh, by the guys at Draft Express, and they're still doing great work. I'm not saying that now, but I mean when they were independent. But and then you got uh, all the guys are on YouTube now. Ball is life. Ball is life, of course. Yeah. Um, who's the guy that's, that puts all the college videos? Frankie up? Vision. Frankie Vision. Shout out to him. I want to make sure I do that shout out. Um, uh, all these guys have now. You have all this content on your fingertips now. When we come to the summer league, people have seen six or seven DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton games on YouTube, where they just see every play he's involved in. And it only takes like ten minutes. Yeah. So it's the 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 what? the the fascination around the summer league has increased dramatically, and now that adds to the excitement going into two, training camp. Two questions. One, yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been there isn't a, a a draft express quote unquote version of like NFL draft prospects. Yeah. And two, there's no um, real Frankie vision. You know, of college football where you can watch, like, somebody's highlights. Just. I mean, there, there are. It's tougher. It's tough to find. It's not. I don't think it's. it's I mean, because, I, I mean, that's how I prepared this year. There you are. Got, they're like, there. You can watch somebody's, like, game tape. But it's tough, you know. I mean, football it's is long. a lot longer. Yeah, it's long. So, you know, like, I was watching, you know, Bradley Chubb against FSU. But it was, like, like 18 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was good. <laughs> and he was. Dominant, and I will always love seeing anyone dominate against FSU. Right. So, in that sense, it was great, but it was longer. Where again, a basketball club, I could watch a five minutes of a DeAndre Ayton against yeah. Arizona State, and I, I've seen my, everything I need to see. My second question is: Is my football summer league uh, thing dead now? My seven on seven, because people don't care about off season football anymore, or football in the off season. Um, I feel like at a time people were were starving for football content in the off season. And that I still perfect. say no because I felt like while it wasn't the extended amount of time where people were invested in the draft, I felt like this draft was hot. The the the, the weeks was. going up to it, and then the days afterwards after the fallout, some guys like uh, Rosen falling in the draft, and you know it's guy like Barkley playing in the bright lights and for the New York Giants, one Mayfield day. going number one. I mean. Uh, Darnold going to the Jets. I mean, there were major storylines out of this draft that people were talking about for days and days and days. And people are still talking about. So yeah, Lamar Jackson. I, right, of course, Lamar Jackson going uh, going to Baltimore. So I feel like, yeah, I don't, so I say no. I don't think that that idea still couldn't work. In fact, I feel like that could maybe be the kind of idea that could maybe re- reignite that yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, in terms of, because the one thing I thought about was like, well, who would agree to more football, like from a player's perspective? But it's I mean, no I've, more always, I've always said that it shouldn't be tackle. Oh yeah, seven on seven, definitely. Right. But 
like why like it's not it's not more seven on seven football is less dangerous than summer league basketball. Sure, summer league basketball you guys could get hurt. I, I don't mean it's it's uh, I'm still yeah they're surprising still bodies that that still that yeah hurt but um seven on seven football you have to it's got it's only it would only be non context if there is mm-hmm. no real context so I I'm still waiting for that mm-hmm. you know I. I don't know what what Roger Dell's waiting for. Again, like you said, this would have been the perfect year to do it. Um, it sounds to me like I don't I don't know if this has ever been broached on a serious level, but I I, I expect the Players Association would not have it. Like they would fight this vigorously to a point where I feel like this would have to be put into a new CBA before this would That's be what I'm launched. Saying, yeah. They yeah. couldn't just be like, "Yo, we're doing this next year." The Players Association. If it's revenue to be made. It. Given to the players. I mean, yeah. And maybe the NFL doesn't The common sense suggests, yeah, there's plenty. I think there's a lot of money to be made by an idea like that. But I just don't know if that means that they would go for it. But, I mean, uh, I mean who knows? Johnny Manziel on a, uh, on a uh, NFL Summer League team. That'd be must-see television. I know. I mean, I we've we talked about it. I mean, you have some of these big-name free agents, these rookies. Former college stars. People would want to watch that without question. I you know I just don't know if again I I think the player association from a safety standpoint even though I agree I don't think the risk is that great they would still be like no nah, we're not having this because my thing is like instead of just doing what they're doing now which I don't think they don't do I don't think they get that much out of what they're doing now these OTAs and this stuff I, mean, I think I would still have that but I like like the the veterans do that like all the rookies and guys that barely got make the team I feel like put them in this joint like have them do a week of OTAs and then yeah. the second week they do summer league you know I think that that would be me and you agree that I think that that would be really dope. But uh, let's get to the NBA Finals now. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors who uh, secured their spot as a, a, a dynasty in NBA history after winning their third championship in four years. Kendall Kevin Durant won his second and Finals MVP in a row. Uh, there is some debate about whether or not it should have been Curry. Would you have voted for KD? And secondly, what does this do for Kevin Durant's legacy? Uh... I would have voted for Steph Curry because I think he's better than Durant three out of the four games. Uh, I think Durant won because people think he's a better player. You mm. know, it's, it's the principle of I'm not going to – there's no way the, the Warriors win without Durant. Then why didn't Steph get it when uh, Iguodala Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> it, that's a contradiction of prior, you know, Warriors finals MVP history. But uh, I don't know. People don't really – I don't know. I don't think people love Steph Curry, obviously. You know, there's something that uh, Colin Cowherd said on his show. Well, I think the earlier, I think the I, from the players. I think the media love affair with him is over. I agree. I think it ended the minute Durant signed. Yeah, I think people start stopped feeling they stopped fe- feeling bad for Curry. And I almost feel like it maybe even ended when they blew that three one lead. Because I think, because I think that people were ready to say he's the next best player in the NBA. And LeBron snatched it from him so vigorously, and so obviously, yeah. That I think I think I, I I mean I don't know if it's subconscious, but I think that there is a little bit of like spite of saying that a lot of people went on the limb and said this guy is not better than LeBron James. I think pro- I was probably one of those people at one point, um, and that looks so ridiculous now. <laughs> yeah. Though LeBron's gotten better since then. Yeah. I mean, this it looks ridiculous now, but I don't think it was as ridiculous when we were saying that. But, yeah, who knew LeBron? But I think that I, I part of me wonders if the media is kind of still hold that against him. Right. So when you bring up that he's not 
he's, I would agree, likely not the best player on his team. That that's part of it. I I tend to agree with you on that. So, the second part of your question: How does this affect Durant's legacy? I think when we look at the grand scheme, we'll look at Durant as a two-time champion, or could end up being more. Uh, will likely end up being more. But I also think that in the short term, in the present day, I don't think this does much for his legacy. I'll be honest. Game three was huge. Played great in that game. But nobody expected him to lose. Everyone penciled this ring in. Everyone penciled two rings in probably when he signed with the Golden State. So, you know, at that point, you know, him winning the first one was all right. He got it. Uh, him getting this one, it's cool for him. But at the same time, and like Tracy McGrady said, that Kevin Durant felt weird about that first t- title because he didn't go through the journey that so many other guys go through when they win their first ring. Um, he and that's what makes winning the championship for a lot of guys so so uh, gratifying. And Durant didn't have that. So um, now T Mac saying that from a guy that's never won. So I don't know what he. he yeah. I don't know if he knows anything. But I don't think so. I don't think he knows anything more than uh, about know. winning championships. Yeah. Or like knows Kevin Durant's thinking. I don't right. think he's speaking from a personal conversation he's had. Yeah. Um, so what I will say is that I think Durant. Uh, he helps himself again when we look back 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Durant will be a guy that was able to win two championships when he went to Golden State and started what will be similar to the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, similar to the Jordan Bowl, to the 80s Lakers. It'll be a dynasty. Mm-hmm. And good for him. But at the same time, I don't think that uh, Durant is... Uh, He'll never, ever, I think, end up, unless he does something incredible. Again, these things are always fluid. I always say that. But unless he does something super incredible, I don't ever see him getting to that level that LeBron's at, where we're talking about Jordan. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever be in that conversation. I feel like, uh, I feel like Kevin Durant, and he's better than this player, but I feel. Yeah, sure he is? Uh, Yeah. You know who you're talking to. I know. You're looking at my computer, so you know where I'm going here. Yeah. Um, I just want to look at the stats make sure what I was saying wasn't disrespectful or crazy in any way. And I'm going to go with it. I think Kevin Durant, but I think right now, the way he's looked at, and I think even if they, in the, let's say he wins four titles with the Warriors, which we'll get to where, what the future lies with the Warriors later. Let's say he gets two more. I think he's going to end up being kind of like the John Havlicek of the NBA. Uh, the modern NBA, yeah. Well, the modern NBA, no question, one of the best players in the NBA during his time. Uh, a superstar, Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I'm looking at, like, I, he must have made all NBA first team like five or six years in a row. Defensive, uh, he made first or second defensive team about seven or eight years in a row. Uh, finals MVP. Um, did he ever win the never won the MVP? So that's why I wouldn't say Durant's a little better because Durant's a guy who could win an MVP every year. But the reason why I bring up Havlicek is because if Havlicek had played for the Warriors during his era, I think we would look at him differently. Like if Havlicek would have got one ring with the Warriors as opposed to 
however many zillion rings he got with the Celtics, I think we would have looked at him in a much different light as a guy who carried his team and a guy who was transcendent. Um, different players, but I mean, I think just on a, in a vacuum, there isn't much difference between him and Rick Barry. I was just about to say, I think we we'd look at him as Rick Barry. Right, and I was and right now, if you're not talking about like pure pure Celtic fans or deep basketball heads, if you just ask a, like a guy who knows the game fairly well, you said who is better, Havlicek or Rick Barry? I think seventy percent of them tell you Rick Barry. Really? And I'm not sure that that's the case. Oh uh, yeah, because people mean, like again, scoring. Because so. people like scoring. I'm in a bubble. And people think about the idea of well, Rick Barry had like one of the most historic finals runs ever with the Miracle Warriors that like won like 40-something games and then won an NBA championship. Yeah. I think I think if you're ranking players, all-time players, again, I'm not talking about, like, you and I, I think we would probably, I don't know, honestly. This is like a very weird, random people I'm going up against. But I think the point is that those guys should, to me, be like neck and neck. Right. But I think we look at Rick Barry more fondly as a more dangerous scorer, dangerous player than Havlicek, and I think it's because Barry wasn't on a team with Bill Russell and and Hyneton and, and just a stacked roster. I think that's how we look at Durant now, where Durant can rack up championships, finals, MVPs, and I'm not sure that it's ever really going to matter in terms of whether or not he will ever get beyond being looked at as. Because to me, Le- Le- Durant's putting together a profile. Like end up that should leave him as the third best small forward of all time. Like today, you can make the case today, and I don't know if people are really to, ready to jump out the window for him like that. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Slam Magazine had John Havlicek. Uh, this is in 2011 as the 17th best player of all time. Rick Barry at the 21st. So fairly close. Neck and neck. Fairly close. In between them was Carl Malone, Isaiah Thomas, Charles Barkley, 18, 19, 20. And I feel like something like that, like an all-time ranking, I could see where that would go. But I think if you just say, yo, who was the better player, I think that people would say Barry. And I think that if Durant was still in the Thunder, there's just... There's just people forget, man. People, they just, there's just a negative connotation with him being on this Warriors People team. forget that, unlike Durant, Havlicek won without Russell and Kuzi. That's true. I mean, yeah, Dave Collins is also <laughs> Yeah, who <but, laughs> was an MVP. Yeah, exactly. Was also but that's kind of the point, is that, like, Havlicek was amazing, but, like, he still was always around incredible talent. Yeah. The profile he's put together as a player suggests he maybe, maybe he could be higher than wherever he was on that list. But you're never going to see him higher than probably there yeah, because of that. Now, that's my point about Durant, is that Durant, he's putting together a profile that, could could definitely put him in the top ten. But I, think the, I don't think he'll ever make it though. The awards and the I mean MVP is an individual award, but the 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 team success at this point I think is becoming irrelevant for Durant, which is sad because it's not like that for many Almost players. Any other player. and I think even Steph Curry, when we look back, we're gonna be like, yo, it's got a three time champion, a four time champion, five time champion. I think him being a point guard helps him in that regard. It does because you always look at it and say. This guy led this. You're, you're leading the bus. Yeah. And when you're as great as stuff. Like, when we look at Clay Thompson, I don't know if we'll say that, but it won't be. Clay Thompson's a role player. Like, a, he's a super role player. But, like, right. he's a third, fourth cock. So mm-hmm. we'll be like, oh, he's got the fourth time champion. But 
Uh, when you look at Steph Curry, we'll, it, the championships will be positive. Yeah. With Durant, it will be like shrug of the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, he won these championships. Yeah, of course he did. You know, he's Devin, he's Kevin Durant. You played with Steph Curry. Um, and I think most people still look at it as Stephen Curry's team. Well, I think we all think Kevin Durant is the best player, but I think Curry is still largely the face of that team. He's like the engine. Uh, so I, I think. And I think, again, when we look back in history, that'll be the case. Because it was his team first. Like, when was the last time a guy was on a team before another guy, and they were a super team, and it became the second guy's team over the first guy's team? <laughs> Miami. There you go. That's the closest thing. LeBron was smart, though. He got out of there. Yeah. But LeBron's so much better than Wade. He wasn't initially. Yeah. Yeah, you can say he wasn't initially. I would say the first two years, he wasn't. He was the best like player. Curry and Durant. He was clearly the best player, but it wasn't by a mile. It wasn't obvious. Durant, and Wade, a lot of people thought, was the leader of that team. Yes. Um, like, I, that's the thing about... Like, I think about Kobe and Shaq. Like, those were Shaq's teams. But see, I even think, like, LeBron, the way he plays, helped him in Miami. Because while you, I would agree, I think people thought Wade was the leader of that team. Like, LeBron was a leader on the floor. LeBron right. was the floor general. Like... Right. I think, like, Durant being an offensive juggernaut, I think still almost hurts him. It's like he, he literally feels like just a mercenary, like yeah. just a hitman. Like, yeah. he, they brought him in. The, the guy team, can get 30 on <laughs> a given night. He didn't change like, the identity of right. at and all. And even if that's not fair because he's improved his defense by, like, three times. He's he turned himself into one five. of the best defense players in the NBA, yeah. one of the most versatile players in the NBA. But it's just the perception. Like, and that's why I think LeBron – we'll talk about LeBron later, but I think whenever wherever he goes – Unless it's Golden State and maybe Houston, I don't necessarily totally agree with the whole mercenary LeBron thing, because I feel like whatever team LeBron goes to is gonna be by far his team. Like he's not gonna the team's gonna be shaped in his identity regardless of where he goes. Whereas like Durant was like I'm just gonna fit into Harrison Barnes' spot. We're gonna be super <laughs> dangerous. Like when LeBron right. went to Cleveland, it was like I'm gonna be LeBron from Miami in Cleveland with Kyrie. Yeah. When he went to Miami. I'm going to be LeBron from Cleveland playing with Dwayne, play with Dwayne Wade exactly. and Chris Bosh. Like, so that's, that is the only difference with that. Um, but, no, I think Durant, I mean, he's all-time great. He's already a Hall of Famer. Uh, but I, until he leaves, he, I don't, he doesn't have a chance at catching these other guys. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think that, that top ten. I think that he could rack up six championships. and Nobody would care. It, it's just, he's never going to – like, because to me – I could be wrong. I'm not trying to, and I'm not even making a case that this is going to be the case. I don't know what's going to happen with LeBron's career. I don't think he's going to get the six titles. So to me, that means if Durant got the six, he would have passed LeBron. Probably. Not one person would make a case that Durant's better than LeBron. Not anyone with any sense. The only way, even though if that happens, then that would be arguable. The only way Durant could change the narrative while without leaving Golden State is if we have your NBA version of Star Wars, where LeBron. Forms another super team that people think is legitimately just as good, if not better, than Golden State. Like, if he goes to Boston with Kyrie, and people are like, yo, this, I think a lot of people be like, yo, this team's better than Golden State. Yeah, well, I, talked to, I told yeah. you that yesterday, yeah, like, a couple of days ago. Like, if Durant were to beat that team and carry them the way he's, he's done in the past, then I think people would be like, yeah, yeah, this guy's legit. Like, put him in the discussion. But, again, I don't think he's going to Boston, which we'll talk about later. Uh... And if the, the the deck keeps being stacked against 
the opponents of the Golden State Warriors, um, if the decks are still stacked in his favor, like they have been, nobody's going to care. Uh, is there any light at the end of the tunnel for the rest of these teams in the NBA? It's competition. Absolutely. It's a competition dead. No, not at all. Because people, I forgot who said that. I, I think somebody like Charles, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, I believe, said it. I yeah. used that exact phrasing because of what he said last time. Yeah, when he said that, I was like, no, it's not that bad. And look, this is coming from somebody that. You were as ardent, you were as ardent, uh, the, uh, uh, a critic of this move and this forming, yeah, forming of Durant. than anyone. Yeah, I knew I knew it was over for the league when he signed with Golden State. <laughs> yeah. I knew, you know, even after LeBron looked incredible as the Celtics, they didn't get swept. Like, all this stuff, it's not shocking, but, and I didn't think Houston had a shot, and they probably would have beaten them had Chris Paul not gotten hurt. I feel like I, I had a, a scolding hot take that just got ruined by Chris Paul's old hamstring. Yeah. Because I think they would have got him. Yeah. Um, quick question. Do you think San Antonio would have beaten them last year? Would have beaten the Warriors? Because a lot of people still claim. Uh, I think after that Houston series. <laughs> I guess that's my answer. I'm just laughing. I think a lot no. of, yeah, a lot of, after that Houston series, people were saying, oh, and they, they would have beaten, whatchamacallit. And that did show some vulnerability for Golden State. But I think we also saw, like, they can get themselves out of bad spots. You, but you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't go by one game. It's one game. I think we say, know, we have to say, see. Oh that. well, like they definitely would have gotten. Like you know how hard it is to guard that team, for beat them and to win four, four times, four great games. Like you have to play superb defense four games because you're never going to outscore them, yeah. never. So if that means you beat them, it's because you did it on the defensive end four times. Houston did it almost five games. They had a couple bad halves right. the last two. That should have won them the game. Which is why um, I look at that Houston's... They don't I, crumble. I feel bad because I'm like, I feel like they played well enough to win the series. And it just, they did not have a guy that they could not lose. Yeah. There's no excuses though. This is the playoffs. Yeah. And we'll get to LeBron and his but, broken hand in a second. But when we talk about the you know, league. It is what it is. The outlook of the NBA. Now, if LeBron goes there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But assuming LeBron doesn't go there... Well, one, LeBron's a free agent, so that could wreck everything. Mm -hmm. Not only is LeBron a free agent, Paul George is a free agent, Chris Paul is a free agent, Boogie Cousins is a free agent, Kawhi Leonard, potentially on the block, going to be a free agent next year. John Wall could be on the block. John Wall might be on the block, see what happens with Dame Lillard. Um, Kyrie's a free agent after next year. Mm -hmm. So many great players. And in this super team era, when you have so many great players and so many big market teams like L.A., L.A., Chicago, New York, that all have cast space in Miami, that all have cast space or are trying to get cast space, these super teams can be formed anywhere. Uh, I get EJ, I know you don't like this whole, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, I call it Star Wars. Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> I do not like this idea of this happening. Um, but that that's very much an option. That's very much a possibility. And then beyond that, obviously I'm a Celtics fan, but I think the Celtics... Maybe not the team presently constituted, but there are moves that could be made, in theory, that could set them up for being a contender. You know, we're wrestling fans, and I feel like... This and also, we saw Houston almost beat them, so that's what I'm not... We're wrestling fans, and, and, you know, we always talk about the booking of wrestling matches, and I feel like this NBA season ended like uh, how uh, Vince McMahon would, like, end, go into WrestleMania. Like, it was obvious that the young, talented Celtics should have went over 
on, yeah, on LeBron. Like, and Vince was like, nah, I'm pushing Cena. Cena's going to the main event. And it's like, yo, no one wants to see Cena again. Yeah, exactly. And the and Warriors are on the ropes. It's like, he's like, oh, maybe the, maybe the Rockets in the main event. It's like, nah, we're going to the Warriors again. It's like, we just saw this four years in a row. Yeah, that is totally a vision. You know, yeah, yeah, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar is the Cavs versus the Warriors. Yeah, That's yeah. basically what we're, we experienced. Well, it's like Reigns versus like Cena. It's like, oh, man, this again. No, there's no, no, there's no outside the box thinking in the NBA booking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the writers in the NBA don't know what they're doing. Um, wrestling fans probably would hopefully enjoy that sidebar I just did. In terms of uh, light at the end of the tunnel, we agree. I'm a little more pessimistic than you are, um, but we agree. I don't think that it's just like, oh, yeah, no team's ever going to win, even next year. Because I, like I said, I, I keep saying, and I say it every beginning of every season, and I say it every time. I actually had a, a little bit of a mini Twitter debate with my good friend, uh, Jason Biznoff. Shout out to him. He's been a, uh, on the show before because uh, he's been very adamant about how this was a terrible playoffs because the result was predetermined. I argued this was a great playoffs, and yes, the, the, the result ended up being what we thought, but no one could have imagined we would have got there the way we did. Uh, but... My point has always been that it's basketball and that anything can happen. And what we saw in that game, seven-game series with the Rockets and the Warriors showed that the Warriors can certainly be beat. Uh, we saw what the Celtics did against the Cavaliers. That showed that LeBron, even in the Eastern Conference, can be beat with the right circumstances. Both of those teams, teams were literally just injuries away, they I think, from winning. Yeah, they should have been beat. Right. So... So I don't think that there's no light at the end of the and tunnel. you mentioned injuries. Just like the injury screwed over Boston, screwed over Houston, might screw over Golden State next year. Right. Who to say that? Like, they Steph's got, been getting they hurt. Got, been getting lucky. Steph's been getting hurt, and they got lucky that he was ready. He was able to come back. Right. What if that MCL was a worse injury or worse sprain than what he had? And maybe, he couldn't come back. Maybe he, what if he's not ready for that Rocket series? So it's such a tenuous situation. I remember when the Lakers were winning titles, we thought that they would never lose, and then they lost. <laughs> you know, it's it's been like besides in the modern era, besides that Jordan era, where it was six out of eight, and one year he just didn't play basketball. There isn't, there rarely is there is this thing where even when a team looks so dominant that there's like just no way you can compete, and there's no line of sight situation where other teams can win. Um, now you may have a team that gets to the finals all the time. Like we talk, we, we keep talking about LeBron. You know what's funny? We keep talking about LeBron getting to the finals every year. Um, and I know this guy didn't do it every single year, but Magic Johnson pretty much did very close to what LeBron's been doing in the eighties. Yeah. I think the the Lakers, I think, went to the finals like eight out of ten years, something like that, in, in the eighties. So it's not like we've never seen this kind of like guy who's just like every year he's pretty much in the finals. The Rockets twice. Got them. Moses went on a run, and then the Twin Towers got them. Every other year, it was magic. Yeah. So uh, so you may see that in terms of teams not getting to the finals, but in terms of winning the finals, we have teams coming in now. So I think there's a chance that someone rises up. And, Who's the team? Uh, I think it's your Celtics, potentially. Um, and I'm not saying it's because of LeBron getting there. I legitimately <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah, no, I legitimately think that if, after what I saw this season, if – Hayward and Kyrie Irving coming back 100% healthy. They got to figure out how the rotations will work, but I think they match up very well with the Warriors. 
they and I think they have more good players than the Warriors do. Now the high end talent on the Warriors is better. Yeah. And usually stars when you finals and that can end up being the difference. But we know Kyrie's had Curry's number in the past. Um we know what kind of player Gordon Hayward can be. We we saw I mean, Tatum the reason Gordon why I say Hayward that, gave Golden State trouble last year. Yeah, and the reason why I say the Celtics is because there's still unknowns about how good these guys on the roster can get. They might have legitimately like five all star caliber players next year. Like Tatum and yeah, Tatum and, and Brown, Brown could be all star players next year. That's not is it like Tatum no? Brown Brown was a step away from being that this year. So yeah. that's not I don't even know I can't even say that it's not unlikely. I don't like I have no idea. Right. Tatum, the way he played in the he looked like an all star. He looked like an all star. The way Brown played before the Eastern Conference At Finals, times, yeah, it looked he like looked a, like an all star. Yeah. So they could end up having four or five all star caliber players on their team. Plus a better bench and a much better deeper bench. Yeah, and, that team would give that team would yeah. get the Golden State Warriors a lot of trouble or the parent coaching advantage. You know, so I I would say that the Celtics look like. The team that's possible, and the Rockets will give the another. Rockets will continue to give them, but you know another another year. Chris Paul, the wear and tear, as we saw in the front, <laughs> that I was on that bandwagon this year. I don't know if I can get back on that. Do next the Rockets year. have to max them up? That's that's gonna this is gonna be the. I think this is the most interesting question of the Aussie. I know we're talking about LeBron, and because uh, LeBron is unknown, it's, like, it's not a question. It's like we don't know what he's because gonna do. It seems like decides. signing Chris. But this Paul is obviously a very years. yes or no thing. It's like. Will you sign him long term, or will you have to work something else out? I don't know what that else out is. I don't know if that means he signs for one year tender. Do yeah, you do try it. to trade him? I don't know what that other is. It doesn't right now. It sounds like Maury and people are saying they definitely want him back. But seeing we know his injury history, paying him forty million dollars a year seems insane. It does. It seems completely insane. But you saw the way this team looked in the playoffs without him. Um. They played well for two halves, but at the same time, uh, they ha- they were a complete mess in the second half of both those games. And it goes back to what I always say as well, in that, to me, when you're drafting a player, when you're trading for a player, when you're signing a player, whenever, any way you're acquiring a player, guys getting hurt isn't playing. an excuse. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean a freak injury. I mean someone like, like Gordon Chris, Hayward. Someone like Chris, yeah, that's different. You give Gordon Hayward hundred million dollars, and then he breaks that never freak way. That's not something you yeah. expect. But someone like Chris Paul, who you look at, and you gotta look at him and say, look, he's an unbelievable player. He has the 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 talent and the ability to lead me to an NBA championship. But he comes with, he's like a pitcher with like a pitching limit, like. Certain, he shouldn't pitch a certain amount of innings for a year. Like, yeah, exactly. He's going over 200, 250 innings. It, it may not happen in the regular season, but in the postseason, he may break down. Yeah. And it's not like an it's, – it's, 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 it's evidence at this point. Like, we've seen it over and over and over again for the last three or four years. So, if if when we talk about Chris Paul, you say, oh, well, if he's healthy, well, or that – well, we saw that when he was healthy, how dominant he could have been and that how when he was out, they needed him. My thing is, you're always going to need someone else besides Chris Paul because he, he's always going to get hurt. You, you cannot bank on him making it through because he would have made it through that conference finals. Who's say he doesn't get hurt in the NBA this finals? Is, this is, this is uh, a little off topic, but I just thought about remember I offered, remember I proposed to you earlier this week the Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony trade. Yes. And yes. For lack of – just to be clear, guys. Context. 
we were talking about we we just have random conversations about basketball. Yeah. Um, I feel like those conversations may even be a better podcast than our scripted, our scripted. Not it's not scripted, but our our you know the, we have a loose outline yeah. of a conversation Structure. we do on the podcast. Yes, the structured version, and in that uh, unstructured version of a conversation we had, yes, you mentioned that uh, who says no to a mellow Blake Griffin swap. Do who says no to a? Which I still don't know. What did I say before to that? You, by you the way? said that the Thunder can't do it because Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah, I still that. agree with that. <laughs> it's like what did I, former EJ say two days ago? Nah, yeah, I agree with that guy. Now, obviously, the CP thing is is a little weird, but who says no to Blake Griffin for Ryan Anderson? How many years is on Ryan Anderson's contract? He's got one more year left. One? Yeah. Uh, Detroit doesn't say no. I don't think. No, I think they're trying to get out of that thing. No, Detroit does not say. If you're no. Houston, Blake Griffin's a huge upgrade for a guy over a guy like play. that. Trade makes more sense for the team acquiring Blake Griffin than the other trade did to me. The Thunder it just gives the, them the, some the, hope. The maybe. Thunder is like you're hoping that then Paul George signs, and even if he does, you ain't beating the Warriors. Mel, I mean, Paul, Blake and Blake and Detroit look shot. Right. So. Are you getting another mellow? <laughs> yeah. The 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 Rockets thing is a little more interesting because I think if there's any offensive coach who could who could revive Blake Griffin's career, it probably would be Mike D'Antoni. And it's just the relationship with Chris Paul. That might be too. I didn't even. You know it's crazy. I did not even think that's about why I thought that about the CP you, thing. You, to, oh, that's you like it up. I didn't know what you even meant by that. Yeah. I thought you were maybe you say talking about injuries, but oh man, that may be that might kill the deal, but. Yeah, if they're able to work it out, on paper, he helps them. Absolutely. I mean, he's too good to not help them when he's healthy at least. And Ryan Anderson again couldn't get on the floor in the playoffs. Yeah, that was a real bummer because you think his ability to shoot, especially when they had the, the Warriors' defense, man, it was championship level in that conference finals. Especially I was in Chris Paul went out, but even when he was there, their defense was outstanding and. You would think a guy like that could stretch the floor, and they couldn't even get him out there. That's he is useless for them, and he's making twenty million dollars a year. So that's 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 not a good situation. But I mean, the problem with Blake though is that okay, if you have Blake Griffin, and Draymond kind of talked about it yesterday, saying that he he, he thinks they would have if Andre never would have got hurt, they still would have beat the Warriors, they'd be the Rockets in five. It seemed like a very very. I think I think he was on the Henny a little early. <laughs> if you ask me, I think he went all that, all that ran in there and the champagne, was, and then the Henny got into the system. He so like, a lot of that I don't know what he was talking about. But what I will say to give him credit is that it was very obvious that yes, that matchup gave gave them problems because it took Capella off the floor, and now it became a matchup of little guys, and the Rockets little guys are not as good as the Warriors guys are. Where does Blake Griffin fit in that conversation? I mean. Is he, he's guarding Draymond Green? Yeah, I think he is. He's not stretching the floor, though. You got to tell him if you go to the... He's got to learn how to shoot yeah, threes, yeah, basically. Yeah. That, that's what I'm he's getting to. He's not a terrible three-point shooter. No. But, like, he's not a rocket three-point right. shooter. Right. He, he would... I would but, like, yeah, I'd have to tell him, you're going to be shooting a lot of threes. Yeah, shoot, and so. uh, you're all, you, all season, just shoot threes. Yeah, don't, I don't care about your post. Your knees are done anyway. I don't <laughs> care about you dunking. Just shoot threes. <laughs> if you shoot threes, be effective in the pick and roll, which I know you can be. And he would be an excellent fit. I don't think LeBron. We're gonna talk about LeBron in a second. I promise people, people who, want, who love to hear us talk about LeBron. Um, I don't think LeBron's gonna end up with the Rockets. Spoiler alert! But 
so I think it is fascinating. The Rockets going into this offseason is what is their plan B to try to beat the Warriors? I think and that'd be interesting. I, that seems like an interesting proposition, but that is like definitely a deal with the devil kind of trade. Whereas it's like, I mean, he makes you better, but now I mean you are stuck with Blake Griffin, and I don't mean that to diss Blake Griffin, but his contract is not the best. Uh, he is injury prone. He looks like he's certainly on the decline. He hates Chris Paul. He hates Chris Paul. I mean, there's a yeah, lot of he, things you have to work out. The, 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 a lot of things have to go well for that our, to our, our work, roster, go well. Our, our roster, half our roster tried to jump him in the locker room. Yeah, that's that part <laughs> of it, too. You know, it, 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 I, don't, I don't think it would ever happen because right. of all that political stuff. But on court, from a hoop standpoint, I, I, think, you, I, would, I think you have to do it. Wow. I think you have to. If you're going to bring back Chris Paul. Which, and if you don't bring back Chris Paul, maybe then you do. Is there another? Sure. Is there another avenue that they could get better? Because <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I don't that's know a, what that's it why is. That's why in my head I'm thinking you have to go after a guy that someone's trying to dump. You got to take a risk. Ryan Anderson got a one year deal. Someone would be willing to take him for a, a bad contract that could play. That's Blake Griffin, Melo. You don't want Melo though. So Blake Griffin's the guy. Melo. Fits perfectly in the locker room. He loves all those guys, but he he's can't not play. playing for D'Antoni, and he and he can't play. Yeah, the D'Antoni problem is the problem. Blake Griffin can play, but he's always hurt. Also, Melo has <laughs> has shown he is not willing to take a back seat, which yeah. is out, which even is, for Russell Westbrook, which is astonishing considering <laughs> who he was just playing with. Uh, so I, I mean that I don't know what Melo's. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Yo, he might he might not be on a team for a while next year. So LeBron will save him, I think, whatever team he's on. But don't be surprised if Melo like is like a D Wade, where like he he's not, See, to he to me. Is it you no? Know, if this was nineteen eighty five, Melo will retire after the season. If you ever look at like the stats yeah, of like exactly. those great players, like they had like great seasons. Then they usually have one season. They kind of were like, oh, they kind of fell, and then like they just quit. They're yeah. like, all right, now I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. And I don't. I guess my guess is because the money now is so good. That play. even if you can't play, just you can still you can still get an eighty you can still get eight million dollars a year. Yeah, just being the ninth man on a roster. Yeah, that these guys just keep playing and ruining their career stats. I think a lot of these older players, when we look at the career stats and we compare players, they actually have an advantage because they just don't they don't take time to sit on the bench yeah. for a team trying to get a ring. The they don't care about that. that. Oh, I can't play. All right, I'm done. But one of the few guys that did that was like Reggie Miller. That like he stayed in the league for a long time. Right. He he, he wasn't a scrub, but right. But he could but shoot. Reggie, but Reggie kind of bled into the money era we have now. Right. Though. Exactly. You know, like he played like for a very career. long time. Yeah. But like again, if you go back to like yeah, nineteen eighty eight and eighty seven. Like a couple of those guys, yeah, they would go to become a role player. But a lot of those guys that were like the greats, like and the, the only real other greats, guy, which Melo is of his era. Like I said, they just. They played for a little bit. They had like one down year, and then they just quit. The only other guy was, was Dominique went to like Europe. Was like, <laughs> yeah. he, he was still trying to play. Dominique was just a baller. He was Dominique's a like a, I think he's like a he's like a two time Euro League champion or something. Like that. <laughs> he was like Final Four MVP one year. Yeah, Dominique was killing it in the Euro League. <laughs> I remember when that was happening. Yeah, I was very young, but I remember it. Um, yeah, shout out to Dominique Wilkins, a real life hooper. <laughs> that guy. Uh, let's finally talk about LeBron. We have not talked about him yet, so it's, it's about time we, we do it. So, uh, his career, his final stats in the end, I think, look pretty great. I think he averaged like 37 points, almost a triple-double. But it is a, still a sweep. 
I thought his 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 performance in the last game was incredibly disappointing considering I it looked like he just mailed it in. Um and I think a lot of people would agree with that cuz that's I mean even the telecast Mark Jackson was killing them, which I was a little surprised by, but uh Yeah, usually Mark Jackson is on LeBron's side. I always thought it was a weird, you know, Rich Paul. I'm sure Rich Paul will give gave Mark Jackson a call uh, as soon as he heard <laughs> about the broadcast. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, things got a little more interesting after the game because LeBron came up to the press conference room in a hand brace or a hand wrap, I guess you would call it. And minutes after the game. Uh, McMenon and Windhorse come out with reports. The, the, the LeBron mouthpiece mouthpieces. <laughs> come out with reports saying that LeBron has been playing with a bone contusion because of a self-inflicted injury uh, he had after game one in frustration by punching a whiteboard. I've had there have been a lot of funny jokes about how a whiteboard is uh, J.R. Smith's new nickname. Anyway. Uh, so LeBron comes out in a hand wrap and explains. They ask him, "Okay, so you got this hand wrap on? We just heard this news. So you gonna, gonna tell us what happened?" And he's like, "Yeah, frustration, knowing what could have happened. You know, one game one, which, which, I'm, like, which I'm like, you would have lost four. Y'all would have lost in five. We all know y'all would have lost in five. But okay, we're in LeBron's fantasy land at this point because he's telling us his story. Um, so the frustration of losing game one, knowing what that that could have meant for his team in the series." And that it's like already making excuses. Like, man, once we lost game one, we weren't gonna win it. So I was like, I'm gonna break my head. I'm sorry if you got you're a, if you're a diehard LeBron fan, you kind of see where this is going. But I'm not gonna be very apologetic about it when I go in. Uh, then he goes on. He finishes that sentence by saying, "So I basically been playing the last three games with a broken hand." Talk about an exaggeration. <laughs> a broken hand. Like I, I'm one to like. I I tend to not bash LeBron, but. That 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 I think is the worst statement. That's the worst part of all of this. <laughs> Saying that I played with basically a broken hand. You did not play with a broken hand, LeBron. <laughs> you one, they diagnosed you with a bone contusion. So just say I, I have a bone contusion. But if you don't want to say that, we know you didn't have a broken hand because one, you're dapping up your your all your your kids and their their buddies doing all these different handshakes, their teammates, and you're doing these crazy dunks in game three. And you look fine. Yeah, your jump shot's a little messed up, but you don't—you didn't wear a wrap. You didn't have anything. You were barely favoring that hand. You trying to tell me you had a broken hand? Now, again, to, out of fairness, because we need to do this, because we know where we stand. Um, in terms of why we did not see this wrap until after Game Four, the word was that they did not want to uh, tip off to the Warriors that he had this injury. So he went—they didn't—he didn't wear a wrap. He was wearing, apparently wearing a wrap in private, but he was not wearing the wrap. And I think at that's, all. that's a fair of, basketball cause, excuse. Because also, he's uh, we, they already hit him hard and stuff. He could be that hand could end up being a target for people to hit him as well. Even with people stepping on his hands. So. Yeah, all crazy different things. That all happened in the NBA and any yeah. basketball, any sport, really. Right. So that was a reason why we only, we only saw the hand brace until after game four. Um, that's a fair basketball excuse. Is there excuse? any other things I have to give him to be fair here? But I'm at the same time. I feel like if you wanted uh, uh, an out, if you wanted a cover, I would have just told them. I would have been like, look, after game one, I, was, I, I broke my hand or whatever. I got a contusion. Uh, so I'm going to be a little messed up. 
And at that point, people will be making the excuses for you. Oh, LeBron has a messed up head. Now we're looking in hindsight. We're like, man, they would have won. They got they had no shot. <laughs> but we would have came in like, oh, this is a this is a damaged LeBron. <laughs> you know, we and people were trying to make those excuses. When we didn't know anything. We right. Like, oh, his eyes Look, messed up. I I was well. First of all, I, I said uh, in private again during our unscripted conversations um, that I was fully expecting him to come out and say, yes, I have a serious eye injury or I, I couldn't see the hoop. Because it was weird that a guy who was making turnaround fadeaways like MJ uh, the last two, three series just stopped shooting them. Yeah. Just completely didn't even think about shooting them. And I'm sure the Warriors the probably thought it was very weird too. Ball. Yeah, and when he tried it, it just did not look the same. So that seemed obvious. He really wasn't making them as much in game one, but he was still making them. So yeah. we saw him shoot them range, even in yeah. this series, and he was making threes in that game. So it seemed odd that all of a sudden in game two, three, and four, he decided, okay, no more jump shots. And the only thing we saw was the eye injury. And it was like, oh, this makes perfect right. sense. You, got you, can't, in the eye. you can't see the rim that well. As someone who's tried to play without contacts, I, yeah, or has played when I had a weird game one time where uh, I got hit in the face with a ball in high school. And, um, and my contact came out, but because I didn't want to come out the game because uh, I figured that the time I was going to play was not going to be very long, I just didn't tell anyone. So I just kept playing. And my contact was it's probably somewhere still at my high school. St. Francis Prep, shout out to St. Francis Prep and Fresh Metals. Probably somewhere still on the floor somewhere. But I just kept playing. I was like, I'm not telling anyone. And I could barely see. Could barely see. But I was out there because I didn't want to not come out the game. So imagine being LeBron James and you have this eye injury. And you're like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to be out there. So I was, and I was fully willing to give him that. Like, not as an excuse, but just like, yeah, if you, that, that's a big deal if you can't see the rim. But then he came out with his hand thing, and I'm like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Let me, let me say this. Um, this is, this is one of LeBron's worst moments of his career. What? The hand injury? Or the hand, uh... the the hand gate, the hand, cause this, cause this didn't have to be as conspicuous as it has become, and he only added gasoline to this ridiculous story moving forward. So number one, let's get to the the root of what happened. He punched a white wall because a white board because they lost. Last time I checked, every single time we've had a guy who's done that, Kevin Brown, um. He's the guy that comes to mind initially. But there have been Amari. several. Amari Stoudemire. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Like, every time we've done that, that guy has been clowned and ridiculed for being, like, just a hothead. idiotic. Yeah. It's an idiotic move. So, yeah. man versus wall, the wall wins 100% of the time. Unless you're the juggernaut, <laughs> you're not winning, winning that battle. So, number one, you're in an NBA Finals game, and you lose, and you're punching white walls with your shooting hand. Completely idiotic, losing your cool. Not the kind of leadership I'm looking for from a guy, again, that we, we people are trying to convince is the GOAT. Yeah. Number two, he is playing with this hand injury. That is a bone contusion. I have zero doubt that he actually has a hand injury and a bone contusion. This isn't some uh, No work. part of me this thinks that. WWE. No part of me thinks that I'm it's a work. Now. But that's going to get me to my point, third point. No part of me thinks that this is a work. No part of me thinks that he wasn't actually hurt. No part of me doesn't think that he was dealing with some kind of discomfort that did make him feel like he could not shoot jump shots. Whether or not 
that was the case, we will never know because he just didn't want to shoot them. But, I mean, he was practicing, so I'm sure he probably was, I don't got it. Just like a pitcher who doesn't have their slider. He's like, I can't, I'm just not going to throw this pitch. It's just not, I don't have it. Yeah. Um, so I think that all of those things are 100% true. The issue with this situation and why I think this is one of the lowest moments of his career for me is the idea, and we look, we think about the pantheon of greats who have played through injury, um, the code when it comes to professional sports, particularly basketball, playoff basketball, the code is very clear. Code is very obvious. You do not make excuses because of injury. You're out there. You're if you are out there, you are playing, you are healthy. And the idea that someone as great as LeBron, to me, would stoop to this level of not see no brace, no nothing for the last three or four days, which if that's a strategic move, that's fine. But then immediately after the game, the press conference, you got, you got, you, you got, as you called them, his mouthpieces. I'll just say that just his, his the local report, his stenographers, <laughs> um, just saying <laughs> the broad narrative. Oh, I was playing <laughs> with an injury the last three games. Four, three games because of a hand injury. That looks weird. Immediately after the game is over. So already change the narrative from the Warriors winning a championship to you about this injury. When I don't think people really were leaping to talk about LeBron. People were making excuses for LeBron anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, the excuses were already in the bag. People were saying the Warriors were too stacked. Right. So it, 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 to me, that was very odd. It was like you were trying to get ahead of something that has already been determined. No one was blaming you, LeBron. Right. <laughs> so that like the way that whole came out was weird. Um then you show up to that press conference and that sorry behind rap. That looked like something from a WWE storyline. Straight up. And again, we're wrestling fans. I totally could have seen heel Seth Rollins two years ago losing a match and it coming out with like a knee brace. Being like, Yeah, my knee was banged up, that's why I lost. I mean, that was crazy. And then have the audacity to compare a bone contusion to a broken hand is insane. Like, that to me gets to the point where it's like, okay, the delusion is to a level that, again, someone as great, a top five player of all time possibly, should not be doing this nonsense. To say that you were playing with a broken hand. Kendall, his teammate had a broken hand just a couple of months ago, and he was out for like two months. Yeah, he couldn't dribble, couldn't put, uh, he couldn't shoot a basketball, couldn't dribble yeah. a basketball, it's like couldn't do angles. a damn thing, and he had a broken hand. It's the second best player. We just saw it happen. It's not like it was like years ago. Yeah, and you have the nerve to go out there and you throwing the ball off the backboard, doing windmills, saying, "Oh, I'm playing with a broken hand." I basically, had a broken hand. That is just the gross mischaracterization. Mischaracterization. It's ridiculous. Um, I think. Look, I, after you got swept, I don't think like we'll you you just got swept, and you immediately go into the hand wrap. See, I don't Come think. Come on, man! I don't think we'll remember this a month from now when free agency begins. I don't think we'll remember this a year from now. Like we'll remember it, but I don't think we'll be talking about it, and we certainly won't be talking about it five years from now. Here's what I'll say: If LeBron wins at least one or two more rings, yes. 
if three is it, no, we're going to be talking about this for a while. We're going to be talking about, because everyone keeps talking about he's gotten swept twice. And now it's going to be like, remember the last time he got swept, he came out with a hand wrap? <laughs> the one thing I will say, and I will give the LeBron fans credit, the LeBron media people credit, is I fully expected them to go full tilt on this thing as being the reason why they lost and the reason why LeBron played uh, not up to par. I wouldn't say he was terrible in any of these games. Wasn't as incredible. Right. He was clearly not as good as before. To me, he looked like LeBron normally looks. Like yeah, he looked really? like old LeBron. Like he looked like LeBron from like 2015. You know, <laughs> jump shots kind of shaky. Uh, yeah, shaky. You know, shot. but the guy's a freak of nature. He can just run through you. Still making incredible. He's passes. making incredible passes. Which again, if you have a broken hand, some of those passes you could not make some of the passes he was making with the right his right hand. If you have a broken hand, um, but like that guy we've seen before. Um, I kind of forgot where I was going just now. But to me, the whole idea that he would come up with this lame excuse after you got swept. I mean, that's so weak. Right. How does not... And then this, to me, looked bad, especially after, before the game, your press conference is about how, you know, the Warriors, look at their five, you look at my five, you look at, you know, the team they got, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, look Kevin Durant. LeBron's and you look at my team, himself. it's obvious that, you know, they got more... Ta- like, it's like... Why are you building excuses before you lose? Why, as soon as after you lose, you're coming out with this hand wrap? Why are you doing? There, Le, there was no reason for LeBron to have that have, have that hand wrap on. None. No, you know. There's zero reason for why him didn't to do he, it why other did, than to make a big deal out of it. Why didn't he get a hand wrap after, like, during the game? Right. Like, just like, have it on. Just, just wrap his hand on the bench. If, yeah. it, if it's that situation what, what, where it's like as soon as you're not playing, you need to be wearing a brace. Like once, he, once he checks out, is. they should be, all right, I'm wrapping my hand up. My hand's messed up. And then you could start the narrative. Why do we have to go in the locker room? Oh, I'm going to get dressed, get my hand wrapped, and then <laughs> go out to the media. He was out there quick, too. He was one of the first people to do a press conference. I'm like, usually LeBron's one of the last ones. He yeah, was right after so Tyler. ready to come out with that hand wrap. I mean... Uh, that to me was a, for what was a it, it is not to me it is not well I will say it will not shadow I think what was an all time great playoff run he had I will not go that far but if I'm th- if we ever have a conversation that what were some of LeBron moments in his career where you go what the hell just happened this will be in my top five <laughs> this will be without question it was, like, it was, it was a what immature. was that uh, and small but I don't like that you you shake that you you like quickly dap up. The starting five that was on the floor after you come off the floor, and then you just go to the locker room after the game's over. Everyone else on the court is shaking everyone's hand and giving, having real conversations with the other team, saying you know whatever the situation may be. And none of the Celtics LeBron did not. LeBron it seemed like did none of that. I don't know if he did in the backstage, and we just don't know. But that seemed like uh, that's that also I wasn't crazy about. Look, these guys do not like the Warriors. No star player in the league. But like every him. other guy on his team was out there shaking hands. James Harden, Chris Paul dipped. They did. They, they no, did. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I was talking about the Cavs, but I didn't. I, they no, just, I'm saying because I'm thinking about him. Like the star players, they yeah. don't like the Cavs. The Warriors, me. Oh, the Warriors. Like right. LeBron, I ain't talking to these guys. James Harden, I ain't talking to these guys. Um, I think Anthony Davis might have. I didn't even watch that last game against the Pelicans, where I didn't finish it, so I don't remember. But. Those two guys, those three guys specifically, 
that felt that they had a shot at beating them, or at least want really badly to beat them, weren't going to shake their hands because they felt like the deck stacked against these guys. Was it was it weak? A little bit. I mean, to me, it's small. I'm, it's yeah, not like is. a part to go crazy about. The hand wrap, I thought, was pathetic. Right. <laughs> it was just flat out. I thought that was pathetic and lame and whatever other adjective you can make. I just thought it was awful. The, the was it hands poor sportsmanship? Like, oh, really, dude? Like, it wasn't great sportsmanship. Because I feel like when the war when they lost, when the Warriors lost to them, Steph and them were out there shaking hands. And, and Clay Thompson they, dipped. All right, well, Clay is, is on. He's always been in his own world, and he should have shook hands. I'm not, yeah, I think but he did. but I think as the star player, the guy of the series, that, that to me is never going to be a good look. That you just you just do a quick you know fist bump to the guys, don't say anything pretty much, and then just walk to the. To the I'm not. I mean, even Trisha Thompson. Yeah, Trisha Thompson was telling Draymond Green to see him in the locker room, and see yeah. him, see him at the bus, yeah. and he was out there shaking hands. Yeah, there was no fisticuffs. I'm assuming that everything went okay. Like man, it's the modern NBA man. It's all a show. <laughs> it's all for the fans. Uh, Kendall, LeBron comes in as a free agency, a free agent. <laughs> I don't know why Does I he? That. What do you mean? LeBron comes into the free into free agency as a free agent. Yes. Are you trying to make fun of me for what I just said? I thought LeBron was gonna come to free agency as a uh, so not free agent. Okay, so I know, <laughs> now I know you are making fun of me. Um, he comes into this off season as a free agent. Most likely, like ninety nine point nine percent, since he I guess he does officially have to opt out. But he is going to be a free agent here. Kendall, as we sit right now, where does he land? Stephen A. says that he will have conversations with the usual suspects: the Cavs, uh, the Rockets, the Sixers, um, Lakers, the Lakers, the unusual suspects: the Warriors, the Celtics, and there was one more team: Heat. The Heat. That's that's very surprising to me. Didn't uh, mention the Spurs. I think the Spurs will get a beating. Where will he land? Lakers. I've been saying the Lakers for a while. Uh, four entertainment sources uh, claimed that he's going to the Lakers. This is from uh, a certain Laker insider that said they. That's what he had heard. Said that the wheels have already been are are in motion. For LeBron to go to L.A. with Paul George, uh, the marketing stuff is already being set up. This is, and again, this isn't from, this is, and he, the guy said, this is, he was on the podcast, the guy claimed that this isn't from basketball people, it's from people that have nothing, know nothing about basketball, this is from entertainment people, mm-hmm. said that LeBron go to L.A. But, take that with a grain of salt, obviously. Um, there's smoke everywhere. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of the Sixers stuff about, you know, Colangelo's not there, so Brian... Uh, David Griffin, rather, is going to get the job. And then LeBron visiting high schools. Yeah. Reportedly. I mean, there was a report today, or there was a rumor this weekend, that LeBron's son was going to was going to go to the Westtown School in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is where Cameron Reddish, who's going to Duke next year, went to high school, and where Mo Bamba went to high school. It's one of the top prep schools in the East Coast in terms of basketball. And there was, like, a rumor that he was enrolled there, which I don't know if that's true or not, but... Makes sense that if LeBron were in Philly, that's where he would go. Philly says Cam Reddish. There's a whole thing about how he's gonna sign with Clutch Sports, but that's a whole nother <laughs> whole nother discussion. But um, I don't believe that. There's also stuff about how his kids are enrolled in Brentwood schools. So I don't know. You know, we don't know if any of that stuff's true. But what I do know is that uh, LeBron has two houses in L.A. He's got to film Space Jam at some point. 
uh, Space Jam 2. And I think he wants to expand his movie career. Uh, and if he ever wants to own a team, he's going to have to go to the Lakers. It's just that simple. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I really don't know. Um, and he also helps his chances of winning by going to the Lakers. Not helps his chances, but if he brings in Paul George, he has a legit chance of winning. The stuff LeBron is talking about recently, uh, you mentioned it right before we got on the air in production meeting. You know, Rachel talked about LeBron has mentioned a lot of stuff about cerebral players. Yeah, like Frank Nokia. <laughs> we call it a very cerebral player. Big fans, that's not happening. I'm not we're not doing that on the show. Um He talked about playing with cerebral players in the press conference. He talked about guys who think the game through and think the game it does not sound like the Lakers at all. I mean, there's no one on the Lakers that I think about like that. Alonzo maybe. Alonzo's nineteen years old. Yeah. He's not. He's not so many he ain't other, talking about no cerebral player and beating the Warriors. He's not talking about the Lonzo. Yeah, he has so many weaknesses in this game that, like, probably outweighs. I wonder how J.R. Smith feels when he sees LeBron up on the press conference saying, I need to play with guys who think the game through cerebral. J.R. Smith <laughs> should thank LeBron every day for that $50 million contract that he has. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. That clutch sports money certainly helped him in that regard. Uh, but I, mean, I don't think that doesn't sound like anything. That he's gonna get from the Los Angeles Lakers. Paul George is not someone I'm looking at. Oh, as a guy who thinks the game through. Even if that's who he's gonna be bringing with him. And he talks about being in championship mode and wanting to be on that championship level and, and competing at that level. If it's just him and Paul George, that's really the plan. They be cool. they're gonna get boat raced by boat boat raced by the Warriors. Yeah, no way do they have a shot against them. So. I think I've been saying Lakers for a long time, but I'm actually going to bow out, and I'm not going to say Lakers. So I think him turning down Magic will be difficult. I'm going I'm to pull a D'Angelo Russell. I'm actually going to go Spurs. Because you talk about the cerebral stuff. That also doesn't sound like Philly. Does not sound like Philly. Simmons, kind of a smart player. Embiid, not the smartest player. And those guys are very young. And I don't think he feels like, I want to surround myself with, like, two young guys as the core pieces and a coach that I'm not super confident in or knowing much about. And I think we'll talk about it in a second, but I think that the Colangelo stuff hurts them. Yeah. I think they look clownish. And you know what I, what he also said was he was talking about, I think he had mentioned, I read this at some point, there's been a lot of quotes obviously, but I think he said at some point that um, over the last couple of days that he wants to be with somebody, I think he was referencing a coach that uh, thinks outside the box. Um, people don't know who he's talking about, if there's somebody he's talking about. But he mentioned that also. It's almost that it's very creative, a creative mind that's going to think outside the box. I think that when I, we look back at this run at the Warriors, I think we're going to look at it and say the right, so far, I think we look at it and say the right pairings haven't happened yet to make this thing interesting. We haven't had the right player with the right coach with the right supporting cast. You know, Boston has the coach, not the players. Yeah. Uh, the Cavs <laughs> have a player, nothing else in 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 structure. Uh, the Rockets, uh, uh, they have you think maybe have all of it, but it's just the supporting cast is just not enough, and it seems like their star and their coach may just be a step short. That's just the feeling you have. If you don't think they can beat them, I think they would have beat them this year. Um. And, and then, so we look at it and say, well, who are the greats? And I think when you hear LeBron, the way he's kind of laying out the foundation, I think you look at it and say, if they're, they're, I don't think there's a pairing in the NBA who need each other more than Pop and LeBron. 
And I, I think it's very clear. I think it's very obvious. Uh, I, I think that this is just like what you would see in like a movie where it's like, I gotta go to the old guy that was beating me a couple years ago or beating me before we've gone through war. Like we gotta join forces. We're gonna have any shot of beating this team. Because I think if the Spurs are able to nab LeBron and they keep Kawhi Leonard and they have LaMarcus Aldridge and they, the pieces that the Spurs have already in place as a supporting cast, that team looks like a team that would compete against the Warriors. Would they beat them? They I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I, I, it's hard to bet against LeBron and Pop in anything. Them together would be very scary. And I think LeBron has always said that he wants to give up more. I've always doubted that because I feel like when push comes to shove, he always ends up taking more. But if he really was truly believing in that, I think that he would be giving up a lot by saying, all right, Pop is the coach. You're the man. He's the guy. I'm going to follow his lead because I need him to finally beat these guys. So... In terms of outside of basketball, not much there. Um, I will tell you one but connection. But I think it. that no state taxes in Texas. Um, San Antonio is a decent place to live. He's actually he's actually he's only an hour away from Austin, which is an awesome place to live if you wanted to live in Austin. So and we did see we did see Chris Paul take his uh, family from L.A. to Houston. Now Houston's a big city, but like. But he's not, just not he's a not, huge city, though. He's not afraid. He, Chris Paul, who's a, another banana will grab, not afraid to leave LA. I don't get the impression that LeBron is chasing a market, market. big market. I don't. I don't get that sense from what I'm hearing from him. LA is the only market I think he would like be thriving. Be, be really like I gotta go there. Anywhere else, that's all the same. I think. But to me, if he goes to LA, like to me, it's not a basketball move. It's just. He 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 could win fifty games. Like he could sell out the Staples yeah. Center. It would be Hollywood. It'd be Showtime. They're much better than the Cavs. But though. they right. But they would. But that's only that's only in geography. They they'd be better than them talent wise. But it wouldn't matter because yes, that Laker team if they were in the East would win go to the finals. But in the West, I don't know if they even get to the Warriors. Right, exactly. So it, it might be a moot point now with Pop and. Kawhi and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think that they would get to the Warriors. The, the, I think that they even surpassed the Rockets at that point. The other interesting connection between LeBron and the Spurs, and this could have been Greg Popovich playing five-dimensional chess, three-dimensional chess, um, and thinking five steps ahead. In 2016, the Spurs drafted DeJounte Murray who, again, is repped by Rich Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we've talked about all oh, the Sixers because they got Ben Simmons. Rich Paul has been a liaison in Philly. We've talked about how the, the Lakers were eight steps ahead bringing Contavious Caldwell Pope for a year because he's a Rich Paul guy. Spurs have had DeJounte Murray for two years. Uh, made him the starting point guard this year. Uh, it it's not as if Greg Popovich and, not, and Rich Paul have never spoken. Right. And LeBron's a very... It's leaks ver- don't get out in LeBron's camp very often. No. And we haven't heard anything. We've heard all this stuff about, oh, he's going to L.A. It's so obvious. He's going to Philly. It's so obvious. This we haven't heard is San Antonio. This decision seems 
But this decision seems most unpredictable than the other ones. And I think this decision is the most preordained. What do you mean by preordained? I don't think these meetings will mean anything. Wow. Okay. Now, I think the Miami thing was also preordained, but there was like a feeling of like, there's so many candidates, right. he's going to take all these meetings. And the Cleveland one, while we knew, like, there was a time in which we knew, all right, it's only going to be Cleveland, but there was still, oh, is he going to go back to Miami? He's got to meet with Pat Riley. I don't think, this might take a while, but, and he might meet with teams, but I think he knows where he's going to go. Wow, so you think he already knows? Yeah. If he already knows, then it will not be the Spurs. Because they've been... I think that I think that he's thinking... I think what will happen is he will think about the Spurs, and then he will have a meeting. And I think the relationship that Pop will have, and I think Pop and Buford will have a pitch ready to go. So why they need each other to beat the Warriors, that I think will be very compelling. And I think he's going to look at that and say, look, it's not the Star Wars of Harden and, and, and Chris Paul, but... Chris Paul was injury prone. He's older. Um and when we turns of in terms of like the the look, it looks better for him. He goes to the Spurs, I think he will be one hundred percent well received. Supported. Absolutely. He goes to a small market. The only person that explodes is is uh Skip Bayless. <laughs> yo, one. if he yo, that would be Awesome. Now it needs to happen. Skibias would explode. I yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, he, I don't. I just don't think he. I think he would. He'd be like Thanos. He just yeah. ceased to exist. He would just fold in the dust. There's no way he can talk he, every day about LeBron on the Spurs. And yeah, he'd watch every minute like he does anyway. But like, I'm sure he would. It would cut down on his basketball because he could now he could kill two birds with one stone. He yeah, exactly. watch LeBron and the Spurs. You could just watch them in one. Um, that would be hilarious. But I don't know. I think that a lot of this... Is Aldridge still there if LeBron is... Because I forgot about Aldridge. I'm like, is there a way they could get another star that's, like, also on the market? I mean, I think that they could probably use Aldridge to get someone else. Because that's what I'm wondering. Do you go out and say, look... ah, Because I think... Because here's the thing also why I think San Antonio makes sense. Is that I think... One, I think... The Rock is something I still... Someone has to still break down to me how that's going to work. I guess it, it involves someone taking Ryan Anderson. But even then, it seems like it involves multiple TV people taking pay cuts. And if the reporting from Stephen A. is true, Chris Paul seems to be having none of that. Right. So, how does... The, how does now, LeBron LeBron's in the conversation, conversation. Look, Chris Paul might be willing to take a couple million less. Okay. Well, that needs to be made clear to me. Right. Um... But I think there is a a, a path. Might I think they'd have to lose Eric Gordon as well, right? Which it's tough. But for LeBron James, you make the. I just think it would be. I think it would be harder to dump those guys than it has been in recent years, when the money was endless and everyone had it and they could just absorb those contracts. Not as many people can absorb those contracts anymore. Right. I, I no no uh, people aren't going to be just clamoring to absorb twenty you million. Have to give up draft picks, which they'd be willing to do. It's risky because if this thing blows up in four years, like the Nets did, you gave him up real picks. But I also fully expect this to be a short-term deal, wherever he goes, which is why I think the Spurs have a real shot. Interesting. I don't think that this is going to be something where I think it's going to be like the KD deal. It might be a year and then a year and an option. I don't think that he's going to be. I, I I expect LeBron to play on another team after this next team. <sighs> I'm telling you, it's it's going to happen. He's not retiring on the next team he plays. Were you kidding me? If it's the Lakers, I think he does. 
to me, he should he, he should just. I agree with his Lakers. He has a better chance of that. But to me, he should just end his career in Cleveland. That's not going to happen. But I'm saying I'll he if he wanted to do that. I'll leave you. But I, to me, I don't think that he wants to do that. I think that he, I don't think he minds the I go to other teams thing. I don't think that that's something that. It's interesting. I think it it's bothered. Cool. I think, yeah, I think he likes it. I think it maybe bothered him the first time because of the hate he got. He's no longer going to get that hate anymore. So now he's not afraid. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go to one team. Then in two years, I think he's gonna possibly go to another team. Because I think the Spurs thing is gonna look at him and say, "Look, I have a two-year window." Because I think he would. If Aldridge's on the team, Aldridge has got probably one or two more years of championship-level basketball left in him. Um, and then Kawhi is gonna be a free agent soon. You don't know what's gonna happen there. You don't know what's gonna happen there. So I could totally see LeBron doing a one-year thing, and then we're back at it next year. The guy I thought about was. With Dame Lillard, but Portland wouldn't trade him for Aldridge, obviously. Does Washington trade him for... I'm sure Aldridge would not be happy that he got traded back to Portland somehow. Apparently, he wanted to get traded back to Portland. Oh, that's true. Well, he was him and Pop were beefing. They have nothing, you know. They're like, we'll give you you your Nurkic. (laughs) Pop left. But, um, no, yeah. Uh, John Wall is another name. I don't think they want a point guard because I think they... You got Murray, you got Parker, you got LeBron. It's enough, Patty Mills. So maybe they would be fine with Aldridge. Just the way that when you talk, when he talked about cerebral basketball and thinking players, creative minds, creative, minds, creative coaching, box. that all sounds like the Spurs. Yeah. That doesn't sound like any of the other teams we've been talking about. No, maybe the Rockets. That's the only other team you could say maybe they fit that bill because you say Chris Paul and D'Antoni. Okay, I can see that maybe. After that, no, no, the Sixers, the, you know, the Celtics have a coach, but not their players. Yeah. And also, it, I mean, Al Horford did maybe. Yeah. Okay. Although maybe Al Horford, Horford also is so scared of the rim sometimes, and scared of contact. <laughs> I think they're, but to me, it seems like there are so many hurdles to get him to Boston that you'd have to not gut the roster, but you'd have to. Uh, it wouldn't be the same team that you saw. It might. And, be. I, and to me, if you're Danny Ainge, you should sacrifice that, but. It's just the movement you have to do. You have to trade one of the big stars, probably trade one of the young guys, and then piece together. It's just going to end up being very weird by the time it's all said. There's a lot of work to get to that point. The only thing about Boston that I will say is that when you look at – somebody pointed it out. When you look at Boston's makeup, of all the things LeBron would want, they're the only team that pretty much fills every box in terms of being a contender – being in the East, being having younger players than he had in Cleveland, younger talent, um, having other veteran players to play with, having a coach that's top notch. What about Kyrie Irving? What what, what happens? Like, how do they rectify that? Oh, that's well, yeah, that's an issue. It's uh, Chris I, Haynes. I think it's a deal breaker. Chris Haynes was on a podcast with. Uh, I was on a Boston Celtics podcast, and he said they asked him, "Could the could the Kyrie Lebron thing co- could they coexist?" And he was like, "Nah." He was like, "Lebron would be willing to. Kyrie, would, he's done with him. Kyrie would be like, what's what's happening? Yeah, you know, he would want to trade. He'd be like, all right, I see that I don't, I'm not the man here, and he'd leave in a year. Like, yeah. So, and again, that's why I have my theory that I mentioned to you off air that this is a, a conspiracy." Or my conspiracy that this is a plant or a leak by LeBron to ruffle some feathers in Boston. 
And it might be working. Kyrie's been talking kind of weird recently. <laughs> yeah, about, he did a very odd interview. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to play in the present in Boston uh, and try and win a championship in the present. But I don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, only I, you know, we'll see what happens next year. Basically, in his whole woke, you know, you know, pseudo uh, philosopher language, he said, "We'll cross that bridge when we get there." When he was asked about his contract, so uh, we'll see. But regardless, the one thing I will say about Boston, besides all that, is that LeBron has also had very much respect for the New England Patriots. Uh, he's always talking about the Patriots and Belichick and Brady. And obviously, yeah, it's a Boston franchise. Yeah, yeah, he talks about them a lot, and his uh, his team has talked about them a lot too. Yeah, like it, you know, yeah. Paul yeah, and exactly. Maverick. They, and those yeah, guys. and I think they make the comparison between LeBron and Brady a lot. Yeah. So, and a lot of people have mentioned that the Celtics right now very similar to the Patriots in their makeup. So, does he look at that and say, "This is I'm I, I'm gonna be the Tom Brady of the Celtics"? This is gonna be this this is gonna end up being uh, crazy. So you um, think it's the Spurs or the Rockets over the Rockets? The Rockets or the, or the other Rockets? Teams. Or, yeah, or I think I think those will be well. No, I think I think it will be Spurs over Rockets. Um, if it's not the Spurs, I, I I'm I'm going full tilt. I think it's gonna be the Spurs. Like I I said before, be I don't think it'll be the Rockets. The no, I wouldn't go that far because it's a, it's it's I'm taking a leap, right, right. <laughs> so I wouldn't go that it's not far. Not the favorite, they're not the favorite. But because to me, I think Le- LeBron is an extremely smart player. I think he's he knows. I think he know where. I think he didn't have great self awareness of where he stands in the pantheon when he made the decision in 2010. Clearly, in 2014, that changed. I think I don't think that hasn't changed. Now he's delusional about hand injuries, but not I think when it comes to where he what he has a possibility of doing, what he's trying to accomplish, those things. I think that he can go to Philly and it was still he would look like he's trying to save Philly basketball or be the last piece and rise those young guys up. Um but again, in combining it with what he was talking about, cerebral players, smart players, it doesn't sound like I want to go play with a bunch of young guys. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm in Philly and there's a lot of people that want LeBron, especially after the way they lost to the Celtics. Although I wasn't there after they lost, but the way they were getting beat down when I was there, people were like, you know what? Yeah, we need LeBron. But because <laughs> it was a little tall, we don't right. even need him. I don't think the city as a sports town needs LeBron. I agree. 100%. After that Eagles win, I don't think they care. Yeah. Like, they could get him, and if they win, it'd be like, cool. But it wouldn't be the same, like, LeBron won us an NBA championship. It'd be mm-hmm. like, we just won. Villanova's won twice. Yeah. The Eagles just won. That's, they all they cared about was the Eagles winning. The Eagles That's, got it. Yeah. So at this point, they're like, whatever. Everything else is gravy. Yeah. So I think LeBron. I don't know if LeBron notices that or cares, but what I will say, is... I don't think he'll know. I don't, that I don't think he will know. Yeah. If he chose Philly, because I think you're right in terms of the pulse of the town, but I don't think he would know that that would be the thing. Right. It would not be like him going to Cleveland, and I think I do think in his head he may think that it would be that way. Cause like, I think if he goes to L.A., it will be like that. Because of how terrible they've been, if they're like competitive, yeah. like yeah. competing for a championship, things got so bad so quickly there. Yeah, that, and they've been so star, you know, stars for a superstar player. Yeah, like I, Paul George, if he's the only guy going there next year, he's gonna be looked at as Kobe. Yeah, by the fan base. If I had to rank them, I think I'd probably go Spurs, Sixers. Just in terms of likelihood. Yeah, and I'd probably have the Lakers and Rockets as a split. 
if he really just wants Star Wars, he'll go Rockets. If he really wants Star Wars and Hollywood terms, he'll go to the Lakers. He want, if he wants a star in a Star Wars yeah, movie. I think all those other teams that are being mentioned will not happen. No way is he going to the Heat. No way is he going to the Celtics. Warriors. No way. Come on. Now. I don't. He shouldn't meet with the. Come Warriors. on. Yeah. I, to me, even him meeting with the Warriors is like he just meet them just be like. So what's up? So guys, how'd y'all beat me? What was y'all game plan? How, like, how much y'all spend on this flight? Cause I ain't going there. Right. Yeah. How yeah. much? How much time is y'all always coming over here? <laughs> coming to my house <laughs> to tell me that you want me on my team? Y'all came back to Northeast Ohio. <laughs> Why? You know, I, if I was around, I'd be like, all right. So all you guys came over here. So which which one of y'all is getting traded? So that I can go the team. In theory, if I were to go there. Just make it awkward. And then I'd leak out, oh, yeah, by the way, the Warriors, even if none of them are there, Bob Myers said he would trade Draymond <laughs> if they got LeBron. Um, no, yeah. Uh, I think it's Lakers, one, Sixers, two. The Spurs thing is entry. I'll put the Spurs three. I think they're the dark horse. Nobody's I, I, talking I think about they are them. a major dark horse. Uh... Rockets, Celtics. So you also think the Rockets thing is like not likely? No, it just it, for a moment I thought it was likely, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't make sense in terms of like, yeah, you maybe could win, but the and maybe if your whole it's a one year thing, maybe. But I don't want to see that. I, and I just think that if LeBron's chasing the goat conversation, I just think that the 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 picture will be so obscured. If he was on the, the Rockets, because not even because we all know he's better than Harden, so that wouldn't even be the thing. <laughs> it's just like okay, your team USA team beat that team USA team. What is this rank you amongst Jordan? Like, how do I even make that? How do I even come up with like where that works? Because right. the big thing about this whole thing was like LeBron, like if he goes, he does anything against the Warriors, like no Jordan help. never did anything like this. So like it was very like the, at least even though it was very different, it was very clear. Yeah. It was okay if somehow he pumps up some miracle, this would be something Jordan never done. Yeah. Not even close. But now it's like, so yeah, Jordan two never all star teams played against each other. Your all star team won. Like does that mean you're better than Jordan, which is what we keep talking about. I, I don't, I don't think that I don't know if that helps. Which is why it'll help his case with his witnesses. But in terms of the other folk like us, I don't think that. I don't know if it'd help. Which is why I have no idea. I just think to, it, would, uh, it would mess. It just muddy the waters where I think the Spurs would not. I think it would still be like, yo, LeBron went went with Popovich just like Mike had Phil. He had his Scottie Pippen and uh, and what's the name and Kawhi Leonard. Okay, he had another star in Aldridge or whoever that third star would be if they traded Aldridge. But they they had to get someone else to fight the Warriors, and he won. Like that would still you would still be able to kind of compare. Where I think if it was the Rockets, he's with Chris Paul and Harden. It'd be do, like, what is this? Do you think that? Space Jam 2 is coming out anytime soon. No. Then he's not going to the Lakers. Like, in your wish, you don't think he's going to the Lakers. I think it's coming out within the next two, three. Like, it's getting filmed within the next two years. Well, if it is, then... I feel like there's been too much smoke around that movie, and I think that there was... It, the social media and the people were hot for it, and I think that that whole time has died. I don't think that anyone, You don't know if it is coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it is going... I don't think it is going to come out. This whole Warner they kept Brothers, throwing Warner out those Brothers social LeBron, media tweets and people having fun on so like there were obvious leaks and stuff about LeBron and this and concept arts and stuff. It to me like it looked like something that oh this is happening imminently the way they were the way as we follow the director yeah. the way we follow comic book movies and the way we kind of see the things Hollywood work, industry yeah. Hollywood industry 
the way you read the tea leaves, you say, oh, this is happening, and they're, they're going to they're gonna be shooting this in the next two years. Yeah. That was three years ago. Yeah. So the fact that now we're at, like, it's just dormant. I haven't heard anything about it since. Tells me that I think they tested the waters. I don't know what happened, but I think that they've now said, oh, okay, we're, we're just going to move on. We're it's not, a shame that uh, we're not going through with that. Isaiah Thomas isn't the same player he was. He absolutely could have been the Muggsy Bowles character. Yeah. He still might. He's not a total scrub. He kind of could still be. He, and Muggsy, actually, he actually hates LeBron. Yeah, and Muggsy so, Bowles. Muggsy Bowles was, was a villain in that movie. That's yeah, true. Um, Would, wouldn't it be funny if like they actually just put guys that like LeBron actually hates? That'd so be, that'd so be, instead of like Jordan and his buddies, like it was like Isaiah Thomas and Lance Stevenson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know who was yeah. one of the guys he was like. I don't. I know him and Draymond have to be friendly. He does not like Draymond Green. Yeah. Draymond Green would be one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, I I guess one of them would have to be Steph Curry. He obviously hates Steph yeah. Curry. And who's a big man he doesn't like? Enos Cantor. <laughs> he does not like Enos Cantor. Right? <laughs> I don't think Enos Cantor is good enough to be in that movie though. I don't think Isaiah Thomas either. But he sounds like Isaiah Thomas. LeBron's is good buddy buddy with everybody. That's the problem. He's always looking to join. Yeah, there are only a few guys you obviously see that he has issues with. Um, I can't think. Well, yeah, because he doesn't have that many. Like, I really want to see this Space Jam movie. So maybe that's why I want him to go to the Lakers. I don't know. But <laughs> what I will say is, you're selfishly like, I need to see Space Jam. I need so, to see Space Jam too. So man. Lakers need to happen. It, I mean, there's so many you're guys. Celtic fan, you hate the Lakers. That would be great television, man. That Lakers Celtics rivalry. Kyrie oh, and LeBron. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. All the young guys on the Lakers. But the thing about the Lakers and Celtics, Celtics rivalry is that it it only is a rivalry when it culminates in the finals. It's a very unique rivalry. That like they have well to they could, have to get there. That very well. The Celtics. I mean, the, the Celtics will right, get the Celtics will get there. If they're healthy, they'll be there. But uh, the Lakers, it's gonna be a tough road. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Um. Now the Lakers get Paul George, Kawhi. I mean, they're getting Paul George to get LeBron, but to get Kawhi, it's a whole other conversation. Um, quickly, uh, Colangelo out in Philly. Uh, the investigation firm determined that it was his wife behind the burner accounts. If you remember, I saw her from last week. Where does Philly go from here? Uh, it's interesting, man. I told you that I think the whole Colangelo thing was a not blessing disguise, but it could end up helping them in the LeBron chase because give them a complete blank slate to go to LeBron and say, who do you want as your GM? In theory. And if it's Brian, I keep saying Brian Griffin. If it's David Griffin, then that could be very fortunate for uh, Philly. But if it's, um, if LeBron doesn't go there, then it could be a very interesting conversation um, for that franchise. What I will say about Philly is that in terms of the names that have been thrown out there, you've got Dave Griffin, I've heard Kiki Vandewey, which, terrible name. Kiki Vandewey was in for another drop, too. And I was like, are you kidding me? Detroit? Yeah, it was Detroit. What I will say about Kiki Vandewey, I don't think he's a dumb, I don't think he's a bad basketball uh, mind, but for Philly, can't have another insider, can't have another NBA, you know, Shill, you know, that's going to come in and just be, you know, you got to get a guy from the outside, mm-hmm. you know, like Colangelo was just an NBA guy. He yeah. was just, I'm appointed by David Stern, you know, or Adam Silver, and I'm, I, I, I'm a Colangelo, 
Again, I've been I've inside. Worked in the league for thirty years. Yeah, I've worked in the league for thirty years. I was born in the league. Basically, yeah. Vandaway worked for the league in a very high ranking position, and has been a part of this league for so long. You need to get a, a hinky type guy. Keith Vandaway underratedly had one of the worst year runs ever with the Nets. Right. I think it's only it's only underrated because of what Billy, Billy King, King did. did with the Nets. But he had the worst team in NBA history. He was that. He was the GM. He was the GM and coach. He had to eventually coach because they were like, "Yo, he you the the Brooklyn Bessie." <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even remember. You that. know why I know this is because when I saw his name with the Detroit deal, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So I looked it up and I was like, "Yo, he coached that team," and I kind of now remember that. Didn't they have the other dude, Dell Harris? Was he the coach at one point? Yeah, I think they fired him at some point. Eventually, I'm, I, I'll get look this up right now, but I'm almost <laughs> positive that. Kiki came down and coached at some point. I feel like Del Harris time. was like an interim or something. I may be making that up. Yeah, yeah, I think Kiki may have started the year, and then Del Harris came in after they fired him eventually. Right. Um. But what I will say is, uh, the name that has been thrown out there that Philly fans, a lot of Philly fans, want, I think, would be extremely dangerous for everyone in the Eastern Conference, including the Boston Celtics. Not a name many people are familiar with is Mike Zarin, who is the general manager of the Boston Celtics, who is Danny Ainge's right-hand man, uh, his analytics guru, pretty much in the same cloth, cut from the same cloth as Sam Hinkie and Daryl Morey uh, and Danny Ainge. And if the, six, if the Sixers hired him, Sixers wanted him when they got Hinkie, but he said no because he's a Celtics fan. <laughs> like he grew up a Celtics fan. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. And this, they were in an awful position. So he's like, I'm not going there. I'm a, I'm the successor to Ainge. Would he consider that job now? I mean, I would if I were him. I mean, that job is so good. You know, Wolves are talking about how current DMs are trying to get out of their contracts, see if they can put themselves in that ring for that Sixers job. They, yeah. These people know that this could end up being multiple titles. A goal, if these guys man. figure it out. Simmons ever gets a jump shot, folks ever gets a jump shot, if MB matures. Like, so... They literally will be working with trust money. <laughs> exactly, trust fund money, yeah. Trust fund money, yeah. So, I think Mike Zarin would be extremely dangerous also to the Celtics, beyond how he's a bright mind that's crafted most of these brilliant trades that Danny Ainge has made. He is also someone that's an insider with the Boston Celtics that knows our plans and our makeup inside and out better than probably anyone, including Danny Ainge, in the world. So if there's anybody that, as a Celtics fan, I'd be worried about competing against as an executive, it would be Mike Varen. Um So that would be the name of Howard Philly I would go after. And I'd offer him a boatload of money. And I'd be like, we're going to be, we're going to out-Celtics the Celtics with this roster. We're going to be the smart franchise. Because uh, I feel like they were the smart franchise that tanked, and people thought they were idiots. And then they brought in some insiders, and then they realized, oh, Hinky actually, his seven-year plan that he had in year seven, in year six, they made the playoffs. Yeah. In year seven, they might get LeBron and compete for a championship. <laughs> right, yeah. So maybe Hinky wasn't as crazy as people thought. Um, For uh, housekeeping purposes, Van Ray was the coach of that team, that Nets team that uh, went 12-70. and 70. He coached uh, the first, like, what was that? He was 12 and 52, was like, what, the first, 
uh, 64 games of that season and uh, was 12 and 52. Joe Harris was his co-coach. Co-coach? Yeah, he called him his co-coach. He hired him as an assistant because Vanderway had like virtually, he had no head coaching experience. So Joe Harris was essentially like the de facto coach. That's why it felt like maybe I was watching those games like yeah, Joe Harris, Harris was the coach. Was, like, he was like holding the clipboards. Right I, was, the like, I don't even remember Kiki Vanderway being Doing a anything. Factor. Yeah, because like, I mean, he's not a coach. <laughs> Like, we were in New York, so, like, you know, you would get net games. You, you would watch some net games. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, Vanway had low-key one of the worst runs any GM's <laughs> ever had. <laughs> and obviously, his team ended up being the worst ever. So, so how do you, where do you feel that they should go, though? Uh, I think that they should go really outside the box, honestly. I think that, I, I well, here, well, here, I think they should go David Griffin, even regardless of LeBron stuff. I think that David Griffin has shown, um, He's he's done a great job with his media campaign. Dave Griffey's a savvy guy. I worry that he's a little too much like Colangelo. Not like an insider. And he's smarter than Colangelo, I think. But like everyone seems but, smarter on television. Like, but I think what I like about Griffin, he's a connections it, guy. What about Griffin? Is that Colangelo what I like about Griffin guy. though is that he seems honest. Colangelo did not. So I think you would look at him and say this guy does not seem <laughs> like Colangelo. It, he he may be cut from the same cloth, but. They're very different people. You don't look at him and feel like he's not being honest about anything. And Clanjo had that issue before this whole burner account thing happened. I think you got Griffin to add some stability with that. But I think they can go kind of anywhere. I think like it's not you can't just do anything. But when you have like Embiid and Simmons as as a, as a as a real true foundation, you can think outside the box and and doing what you want to do. I would think about trying to pluck Jerry West from L.A. Too old. I don't want him doing that job. I don't need him that long. I just need him to build the foundation and then get a young guy to finish the job. Plus, Jerry West is getting paid mad money right now. He's been paid $5 million to be a consultant. Like, uh, but I, I he, tell him, look, you really want... The, I know he kind of has the reins in L.A., but I'd say you really want to get back in this game. I'm, get, I'm, giving, I'm giving you a young Shaq and Kobe. That's what I would pitch him. And I, I and then to be honest, I might even do a Jerry West Griffin pairing, right? Which I think you could certainly find a way to do. The other name that I threw out to you the other day, EJ, is look, man. If you really want LeBron, I'd be like, yo, Rich Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were selling jerseys out of your car <laughs> ten years ago, but do you want to be the the president of basketball operations for the for the Philadelphia seventy? You, know, you, you told me that before, and I said to myself, I one hundred percent thought about the idea. I was of Rich thinking, Paul. I don't know if I would go out but all in. I, here's the thing, I don't think Rich Paul would take the job. I don't think he would do it. Yeah, even if LeBron was gonna go there, I still don't think he would take the job. Really, I think he'd be taking a pay cut. Interesting. All the guys he represents now at this point in his in his management career, yeah, he's, he's gonna say, "All right, I'm gonna." Cut ties with all those guys. Like LeBron's making, and him. now I'm gonna just run the Sixers. I mean, like LeBron, he's not gonna make. He's not gonna be. A, I mean, LeBron maybe could get him a high end GM salary. I'd assume he's not gonna have a high end GM salary. He'd be at the best middle of the road. Like, so what's let's that? Say LeBron three is, or four million a year. He'd be taking a pay cut if he did that. LeBron's contract, forty million a year. If he gets what five percent of that, what's that? Is that like? I'm not doing the math right now, but um, forty five, forty five percent of forty million. You think he's getting only five percent? He ain't getting no. He ain't getting more. He getting more than that. 
I mean, you're a sports management person. Maybe I know. I, I just I assumed. Know. I just assumed. I thought like, you get at least ten percent. It's tough to get NBA clients. I imagine uh, without uh, only without getting more than that. But uh, regardless, I imagine that if that is the case, um, all those contracts—LeBron plus John Wall plus Ben Simmons plus all these other guys, Tristan Thompson, the guys he's given eighty million dollars to—it's worth more than. The $4 million you get paid, exactly. like you mentioned. Uh, so you're probably right. And with LeBron, he'd have a job for the rest of his life. You know, yeah. I don't think I don't think he needs to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think he... I, I, I think it would be it would dumb. Be an ego thing. I think it would be dumb for him to do it. Unless he just wants to be a genius. I mean, if he wants to, then by all means. And that's a hard. job you'd only have until But LeBron I feel like died. if there's not something he's thinking about and they gave him this opportunity, I don't think that he should take it. Like, why did Rob Blinka do it? Because I think Rob Lincoln wanted to be a GM. Right. I think that's always been his thing. He's a basketball guy. I never... Rich Paul's never... He seen, I think he likes the idea of being like a businessman, yeah. boss, like working deals kind of guy. In but not, shadows, like, yeah. not like I'm running a team. I don't. He never has struck me as that kind of guy. Right. He never struck me as a basketball ops guy. He did... Sh- I mean, in that, in that barbershop skit that they had, he did show some... Level of basketball IQ. He's an agent. He has to have that. Yeah, exactly. I'm so. not saying he doesn't have any. I think he has high basketball IQ, I would say. But, again, it's different than wanting to run a team. I never... I think he likes what he's doing now. So, I, I can't imagine he'd even do you want think to he, Do you think he's thought about it? N- like, not, not, not really. Not, like, like, intensively. Not seriously. He's probably thought... I'm yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure people have told him, yo, you should... You, you can probably say, run that team. Like, yo, I'm a, I, yo, if you hire me, I'll get you LeBron. And then he's probably laughed it off. But like, I don't think he's not. I don't think he's really seriously thought of it like that. Um, quickly, Kendall, before we get to your mock draft, uh, Edelman suspended four games. Of course, he's connected to Tom Brady's fitness guru. Should we draw any other conclusions from that other than that Edelman was using PEDs and he's out for four weeks? Look, nobody wants to accuse Tom Brady of steroids. That's the quick thing that everyone's going to jump to. Um, But is it peculiar that Julian Edelman is a TB12 guy? Uh, TB12 is obviously Tom Brady's and Alex Guerrero, his trainer's, like, special sports therapy uh, method that they concocted. They have a whole training facility. Sports therapy facility is what they call it. Um, Alex Guerrero, the guy who claims he's cured cancer and has all these weird methods of working guys out. And Bill Belichick's got beef with the guy because it's not, you know, Brady's has these guys going to Alex Guerrero as opposed to the team doctor. Now Belichick is obviously right in the sense that now these guys are getting popped for steroids and maybe this doesn't happen with the team doctor. The question is, is this... Um, is this something that is unique to Julian Edelman, or is this a TB12 thing? Mm-hmm. It's not. It hasn't happened to anybody else. Like right. if this were the Seahawks, like I t- I've talked many years, I've talked for many years about the trend of the Seattle Seahawks guys getting popped for steroids. How I don't think it was a coincidence that some of these guys either were suspended or uh, were suspended but had their things revoked or whatever. I don't think it was a coincidence. If there were if there was a similar trend in New England, I would be alarmed. I'd be like, "Look, man, look, this is Gronk, 
Edelman, yeah, you know Dante Hightower. This guy all got popped for steroids. Yeah, this isn't the Texas Rangers in 1998. No, it is not the Texas Rangers in 1998. And so, when I look at this, very well could just be a, a solo incident. So I'm not gonna overreact. But I was thinking about the whole steroids thing before Edelman. I thought, look, Tom Brady has a weird trainer with a weird method of recovery and. He's 40-something years old. Playing he's, in Super Bowls. He's the best player in the world. <laughs> Winning MVPs. If every, it's going to come to everybody's mind. I'm not accusing him of using steroids, but you, some people will ask that question. You can help and say, how is he doing this? Yeah, you're, you're going to ask the question. Now, his top wide receiver, who he said, you should work out with my guy, uh, gets popped for steroids, and we're not going to bat an eye? I mean, the question should be asked. Um... I don't think it's fair to draw conclusions only because Edelman had his ACL injury. Had Edelman not had an injury that was particularly difficult to come back from, and then this happened, maybe I'd feel more like, oh, okay, that's a little weird. But Edelman had this ACL injury he was coming back from, trying to come back from. You know, I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's, you know, working with TB12, but I'm sure a lot of that is like, regular physical therapy and team doctors you're dealing with as opposed to TB12 because of an ACL injury. So I I, I think that with that and a guy wanting to make sure that he can play at a high level, it makes sense that he then maybe went rogue and did something that he shouldn't have done. Or maybe he should have done. That's the thing, too, which is my second point. I'm not saying, well, first of all, let me be clear. I'm not saying anyone should use steroids. But, But let me clarify what I'm trying to say. Let's say that there was a reasonable suspicion to somehow connect to Tom Brady for whatever reason, and I don't think that there is, and I don't think it's fair to suggest he's using steroids. I don't think it would matter in terms of how the fans and the media take it. I think PED use in football is a non-story. It's only the, the story, only story is that the guy is missing games, but it's not. If Tom Brady was suspended for steroids tomorrow. We would care, man. No. We would care. No. I, 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 I totally disagree. disagree. I, Look at... Now, I will tell you... That, now, this story fell through, but this is a story I completely forgot about. Remember the Peyton Manning Al Jazeera report? That was huge news, man. Yeah, and what happened to it? It went away. Exactly. But, like, there was no concrete evidence. But, like, if he failed a drug test and was suspended, that'd be a black mark on Peyton Manning. No, but, like, if that same... If that same article by Al Jazeera came out for Mike Trout, we would be talking about it today. Yeah, we'd be like, this guy's a, a steroid. Football player, it doesn't matter who he is. Football player, it doesn't matter. We right. talk about it for two weeks, and it's over. Ray Lewis, another guy, had... Didn't he have a steroid flare-up with the deer antler stuff? Yeah, the deer antler stuff that, you know, is, is ban- a banned suspense, apparently. Some people were, like, using performance-enhancing drugs... No, no one yeah, we talk. We don't talk about that. The guy had a t- ruptured bicep. And was tackling, Back in like tackling babies. people, tackling people in the NFL. Like, do I think there's a do I think there's a chance that Brady would get a pass? Yeah, but I also feel like I don't know in today's like twenty four seven stuff, twenty four seven media sports media cycle. Let me be clear: we would cover it. But it would not, no one would be talking about, oh, now he's, he's not a, a great player 
Like it, the conversations that we normally have about steroids in other sports, particularly baseball, would not be being had in football. It just, I think Tom Brady the exception. wouldn't be. I, I think there are only like five guys. And I think also part of it being because of how he plays. He's still a motion, a guy, a quarterback who can't, is a statue who can't move. Can't. And then run. I think people would be like, his longevity is tainted. He's only doing this because he's using steroids. Most guys can't play till they're forty something. But I think that if it was Odell Beckham, we'd be. But like, I think oh. I don't think that we look at Tom Brady and the longevity is impressive. And but I don't think we look at him like Brett Favre. We don't look at him as like an Iron Man tough guy because he's so good. It, well, like, Brett Favre was really good. This guy doesn't take hits. Like this guy. Well, that's my point. Plays the same way that he played but five years ago. That's my oh, point. How? Though. I don't know. But that's my point. Brett Favre was reckless. Right. He was taking hellacious hits, and he how he played all those years doesn't make any sense. It defies physics. Brady, amazing offensive line. He, he he's smart and knows how to not take huge hits and everything. It's like it's crazy he's playing this well. But when you've watched what happened, it's not that crazy. Like the guy, he he takes maybe one bad hit every year, pretty much. His offensive line is always great. Um, he takes care of his body well. So like, I mean, the fact that he had his arm had just fallen off, that's a little surprising. But besides that, like, yeah, I'm not surprised he has relatively good health. But Brett Favre, like, that was crazy. I mean, he played through severe injuries and had concussions and things like that. I mean, I've always So we don't look at him that way. So I think if, if he did play that way, maybe I would say, okay, it's a bigger deal. But because he's not looked at as an Iron Man tough guy, maybe even though he should be, that would help him. And that I think if he, we had a PD discussion with him, I think it would be short-lived, and I think that we would forgive him very quickly. And I've also, I've always talked about how Brady's arm strength, maybe not now, but it, at a time it was... His arm was stronger than it had ever been in his career. Like, the, his deep ball had gotten so great. Like, those Randy Moss years and yeah. even after that where I was like, I don't think he was, I don't think he was thrown like this <laughs> early in his career. Well, it, look, it's, it's it's hard to throw that like that when you throw to Troy Brown. Yeah, it's true. And that, and was, David, that was the and obvious and David, thing. And David Givens. But I'm like, man, Brady didn't have this deep ball when he was younger. Kendall, let's, uh, we, get, we take the mock draft, full lottery. Let's go through the teams. Let's go through the teams, EJ. Number one, no change. We have DeAndre Ayton. Uh, should I just go run through it, or should I give? Yeah, it? Go, yeah, go through it, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll ask you some questions about some of these guys. Kings, I have them drafting Luka Doncic. Three, the Hawks drafted Mo Bamba. Four, the Memphis Grizzlies drafted Marvin Bagley the third. Five, the Dallas Mavericks drafting Michael Porter Jr. Six, the Orlando Magic drafting Jaron Jackson Jr. Seven. The Bulls drafting Wendell Carter Jr. A lot of juniors in this uh, yeah. in this run of picks. Eight, the the Cleveland Cavaliers drafting Colin Sexton Jr. No, <laughs> he, he's not a junior. <laughs> Nine, not the, that we know of at least. The the Knicks drafting uh, your boy Trey Young. Uh, Ten, Sixers drafting Mikael Bridges. Uh, Eleven, the Charlotte Hornets drafting Kevin Knox. Twelve, the L.A. Clippers drafting Miles Bridges. 13, the LA Clippers also drafting Shea Gilgit-Alexander from Kentucky. And rounding out the lottery, the Denver Nuggets uh, drafting Kevin Herter, the sharpshooting shooting guard out of Maryland. But Donk is back at two. What's what's that deal with that? Well, yeah, I don't think he's going number one, although I think there's still a chance given the whole coach situation. But Aiton was saying that, you know, he knows he's going number one, which I don't think is a lie. I think the Suns told the agent, like, yeah, we're not going with your other guy, Doncic. Uh, we're going with Aiden, more than likely. 
so I think he knows he's going number one. Uh, and I don't expect much Doncic Suns talk going forward. Uh, but the Sacramento thing, Vivek and Vlade Divac were in Spain this week watching him play in the ACB playoffs. They're still playing games? Oh, yeah, finals. I thought the Euro League was the end of it. Nah, man. That's why he's not going to be at the draft. He's not going to be at the draft? More than likely, yeah. He's not going to be at the draft. Oh, my God. He's got games. This guy is playing. Yeah. He's about to win another championship. <laughs> no uh, way. Good for him. But um, I think all the this, this stuff about how they don't want him to smoke. I think I think they're trying to preemptively strike in case he doesn't want to go there. So they're putting out the stuff. Like, we don't want him. And when that's the case, and we hear all the stuff about, oh, he's going to fall so far. Now, if you're Doncic, do you, do you not want to go to Sacramento? Just to, like, prove, like, yeah, I am legit. Maybe not. Maybe you're still like, yeah, good, don't draft me. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the interesting uh, thing. I think it's all smoke. I think Vlade, Peja aren't going to pass on the greatest European prospect we've ever seen. You move Mo Bamba to three. Mo Bamba, I think by the time we get to the draft, we'll be looking at him like, at least NBA team will be looking at him like he might end up being the Greek freak of centers. And he might end up reinventing the center position with his freakish measurables and potential skill set like Greek Freak. Uh, and I think Atlanta is such a blank canvas right now with no talent on the roster whatsoever, besides maybe John Collins, that Mo Bamba probably fits as well as anybody here. I also thought interesting having the Cavs taking a point guard but going Sexton over Young. I looked at Collins Sexton, and I just feel like the Cavs are going to want somebody like him over Trey Young. I I can't help but think that the Cavs, this is just obviously, I'm not in Cleveland, so I don't know what the Cavs are thinking, but for some reason I just feel like they're going to f- see Trey Young as smoking mirrors, especially mm. since they've gone against Steph Curry for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Dan Gilbert was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama when Colin Sexton gave it to Trey Young uh, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And they worked out Colin Sexton, I believe, today. So, there's connections to Colin Sexton with Cleveland, and but do you think that Colin? I mean, look, Colin's better. It doesn't matter. But do you think that there won't be and Trey's not going to work out with it? By the way, he's not working out with the Cavs. No, from what I how he said it's just going to be Chicago, I think Atlanta, Orlando, New York, only fourteen. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um. That's surprising. I did not know that news. He want to go. To, he, why would you want to go there? Bad city. LeBron ain't gonna be there more than likely. If they draft you, they draft you. But I, why would you want to? I guess my question though is why. I, my question was before you gave me. I'm, I'm still trying to like in my head like like process that news. That's interesting to me, but it doesn't really affect my question, which is I mean, it does a little bit, but not too much still in that. Why, if you're Cleveland, if you think LeBron's going to leave, would you not be more inclined to want to find a obvious face of the franchise who's recognizable to a lot of people in terms of going with Young over Sexton, who's more – he's not unknown to us, but he would be more unknown to them. See, I think – I mean, Trey It doesn't Young, matter if the guy's better, but I'm just – Trey Young's the, the question is, yeah, most I'm known asking. player in this draft. Yeah. Most marketable player in this draft. Yes. Shoe brands will vouch for that. But – the Cavs need a good player. Yeah, they can't. Doesn't that they can't worry about that? They can't strike out on this draft pick, man. Mm-hmm. They, this is the Kyrie pick. Yeah, you know, for for better or for worse, 
I know you want to get a replacement for LeBron from a marketing perspective, but if you strike out on this pick, Dan Gilbert is going to look, be looked at as the most clown owner, one of the most clown owners in NBA history, who guy who had the championship. So I just wouldn't be surprised if they said, look, Sexton is a better NBA prospect than Trey Young. Um, and outside the lottery, it's first time we've gone outside. Um, the Clipper pairing of Miles Bridges and Gilgis Alexander, was there any strategic way you look at them and why that would fit for the Clippers? Are they going best player available there? What are you looking at? Well, the Clippers could very well be a trade option. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Miles Bridges is going to be going to be there because I also wouldn't be shocked if Philly drafted him because of the whole Rich Paul LeBron connection. Right. But uh, in this case, Mikael Bridges dropped, and I think they would pounce on Mikael Bridges in that scenario. So uh, I can't imagine that if there's two Bridges on the board that in Philly they would take the other one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They would be killed. That would, that would be surprising. They'd be, they'd be destroyed for that. So um, with the Clippers, they're in an interesting spot. I mean, Miles Bridges is by far the best player available at this point. And Gilgis Alexander, they need a point guard. And he's the by far the best point guard available. I mean, just me looking at this, um, we agree on the top two. <coughs> I think the Hawks should take Bamba. I wonder if they'll have the guts to do it because I think that it, it's an obvious risk. But I, I think that Bamba's ceiling could be as high as anyone in the draft. And I think that he has the goods too. It's not just potential. So I, I if they got Bamba at three, I think that that would be outstanding. I would love to see him um, work with Natambo as well in terms of defense and things like that because Natambo's one of the greatest centers ever played for the Natambo's an ambassador for every team in the league. Yeah, he's like a league ambassador, basically. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, he is, but like I feel like you'll see him in Philly. Yeah, I know. Work with NBA, then he'll be in Atlanta. Yeah, then he'll be NBA. up in Denver. He'll be in Houston. I'm like, you were in yeah, Houston, Houston for like a year. I know. I'm like, why are you in Houston? Um, Yeah, I talked to you about the Carter thing uh that the, the, I mean, sorry, the Sexton thing that was interesting. The guy that I think is, we haven't talked about yet on this show, and I, I feel like he's the guy that's been the forgotten man in this draft is Jaron Jackson. Here you have him at six in Orlando. I can't help but feel like Orlando needs someone who can produce next year. And Jackson, to me, doesn't feel like that kind of guy. He also could be the prime candidate, the guy who's much better in college than he is in the NBA. Uh, obviously, much better in the NBA than he is in college. But after going with Isaac, which I was fine with that pick, but I knew what was going to come with the lack of production in year one. They need someone that's going to show immediately to those fans that there's hope now. Isaac wasn't going to give them that the last year. guy is Marvin Bagley. Right. It just, Maybe they, they, should they just might Atlanta. be far away. Yeah. Do they trade up? The, the magic to me of all these teams in the top seven or eight should be the most desperate, honestly, because they've been going nowhere Jared Jackson. in a way that's very disturbing. Because, like, at least, you know, the Kings, I think you say, okay, De'Aaron Fox looks like he could be really good. I like the young guy, Bogdanovich. And they made moves with Boogie Cousins. They got some decent players. They had a great player. Right. The Grizzlies were just really good not they that long were. ago. The Hawks really good just not that long ago. So it's very – those teams' ineptitude is very fresh. The Suns, okay, they're also like the Magic in, a, in no man's land, but they have, and they have the number one pick, yeah. so they're fine. So the desperation is not as bad. It's it, to me the Magic when I look at them, 
And then the, Maver- the Mavericks had years of Dirk Nowitzki going in the finals and stuff. So they, even Dennis Smith is an interesting right. And they have Dennis there. Smith. I mean, the, the the Magic. I look at them and it seems barren. And and I see number six and they go Jackson. The guy has unbelievable potential. The measurables are through the roof. And he has some nice tools, but he still clearly is a player that needs to put it all together. And at that spot, I I, I wonder. If Wendell Carter gets a look there, he someone does, who may be more, does. someone who I look at, and maybe he's not as wild of a guy, but at least I feel like he comes in and he gets me twelve points a game next year. I agree. I don't know if Jackson does that. And it really it, depends on who you ask about Jaron Jackson because he's a very. I think he is polarizing for a lot of some people. Some people think the guy is a stud, Carl D. Towns, right. Joel Embiid level type guy. Some people think he is like the eighth best. Eighth to ninth best player in the draft. You yeah. know, depending on who you talk to. Sure, Orlando is a great value from where a lot of people have him. Not great value, but it's it's, it's an over it's a it's good value for a guy that some people have top, going top three. Getting him at six, um, to the point where I think like, you almost have to take him. Uh, but there will be pressure to take Trey Young because they are a team that is in need of a star player. They got a star potential, and I think Jackson has it. Hey, that's where you need a point guard. Oh, yeah. I mean, they need everything. Yeah, that's true. But the front court is where they're probably safest. Yeah. With Vucevic. They have guys who can play in the Aaron NBA. Gordon, the backcourt really doesn't. Jonathan Isaac. Besides uh, uh, Fournier. Yeah. And do you really want that guy long term? I mean, he's fine, but, like, you need a point guard, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> like, you they, need des- a, they desperately you need a point guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's wrap up the show Kendall, with Kendall's Court real quick. Kendall's Court. We talked about the NBA draft, EJ, earlier this week. I watched the MOB draft. I know the funnest. Uh, yeah, I'm saying. The funnest been, thing in all sports. It's been exhilarating. Um, watched basically all 30 picks of the first round. Um, Casey Mize, all, pitcher from Auburn, went number one. Joey Bart went to my San Francisco Giants, a catcher, who's going to end up from Georgia Tech, will end up being the replacement to Buster Posey. So a lot of... Interesting picks, but the most interesting pick at EJ, I think, uh, came at number nine. When the Oakland Athletics, I'm watching this. Generally, the MLB draft passed the first three or four or five picks. I might know the names, but there are no shockers. It's like, oh, whatever. I, I don't follow the mock draft after the Giants, especially when the Giants are number two. <laughs> it means yeah. you're not really following the mock draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's only two picks. And it's like, oh, who cares what happens after? <laughs> um, but at number nine, EJ... Uh, the Oakland Athletics went with Ky- Kyler Murray, who obviously I'm very familiar with because I follow high school football and college football like a maniac. But Kyler Murray is a starting quarterback, presumptive starting quarterback in Oklahoma, and the successor to Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma was the number one recruit in the country, number one quarterback recruit in the country coming out of high school, was supposed to replace Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. Didn't work out. Uh... We had to redshirt a year, so he decided to transfer uh, to Oklahoma and was supposed to be Baker Mayfield's successor, uh, will be Baker Mayfield's successor. But he's also number nine pick in the MLB draft to the Oakland A's. This is incredible. He's going to get paid. He just signed a $5 million contract, guaranteed, to play major to play minor league baseball and eventually major league baseball. Um, but he has also agreed to play in the fall for Oklahoma, play college football. Incredible story. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Kyler. Um, I remember his name as well when he was 
high school recruit, committed to Texas A&M, uh, played just sparingly, but was electric in a little bit of the games he got in. But someone had issues juggling those quarterbacks. He eventually bounced. He landed at OU, where now he's supposed to be a starter. And he got drafted in the top 10, which was not expected. I mean, no. he was expected to be drafted, uh, particularly there's a chance, very good chance he could be drafted in the first round, but 10 was extremely high, especially when you consider where the money lines up, how much money you got to commit to a guy who's now going to be uh, – you can make the case day. putting his life on the line. That's how serious football is at this putting point. Putting his athletic career on the line. Definitely putting his athletic livelihood on the line, as we unfortunately saw someone like Ryan Shazier last year. Um, that's – I'll be honest, I, I mean, uh, that doesn't seem like the greatest investment to me. I ain't drafted him if he if he says he's not playing. Right. If he tells me he's playing college football next year, that seems like an unnecessary risk. Like Unless I only that, make that to me. He's got to be Ken Griffey Jr. If I'm doing that. Exactly. And look, Harold Reynolds, who's on the thing, said they would draft the guy number one. So maybe. Maybe he has that talent. But I, I would certainly would not know. Yeah, but no real scout has ever said that. So the other thing I will say is that. But shout out to Kyler Murray, maybe being the first, uh, uh, the first uh, college football athlete getting real bread. I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> Shout out to that. Ridiculous. You know, because we always talk about college athletes not getting paid, and, and here he's he's, he's going to be getting real bread because um, of this contract outside of college football. It, it seems incredible. Um, the Oakland A's and Billy Bean have always been a cheap organization, so that also could have been part of it. Uh, so they may have felt, look, this kid's not asking for nearly as much as this other kid. That's, that's true. That is obviously more talented, so we'll take the risk. But it's also a great story, and he's by far the most marketable player in this draft. Oh yeah, because and sports man, they're talking about this all over ESPN the next day. And I think if you're looking at sports franchises, I think if you're looking at most irrelevant, the Oakland A's are in the bottom ten. Or least irrelevant. I mean. At least outside of, like, hockey franchises. Right. Yeah. Three, the, three. If you go three major sports, if you're not calling hockey, Oakland A's are on that bottom ten. We look at They've most, got nothing going for them. Nothing. They nope. they still don't have a stadium. I don't know if I can name five I, I, I rarely know any of their te- anyone on their team. They, They're they, one of the worst teams in baseball. Anytime they have a good player, they let them go. Right. They, they trade, trade them another the year. For prospects and money. So they're, they're going nowhere so fast that, to me, this... Which is why I worry about this pick because to me this might have been a pick. Still was fire. definitely made about sizzle. Yeah. And look, the kids got talent. You're a first round big guy. You ain't drafting Russell Wilson number one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so clearly the guy <laughs> Tim Tebow is not going number one. <laughs> right. So clearly this kid is a real baseball player. He's a stud. But I just think drafting him that high, considering the football thing happening, definitely seems like them. Trying to grab headlines, may I do think it's a good point. Maybe possibly trying to be cheap, but now again, uh, no no hate at all for Kyler Murray. I'm very happy for him. That if you're Kyler Murray, this is awesome. Do you play? Why do you want to play at Oklahoma? I have no idea. He should be. He should have told Bob or whoever Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Say, hey, I appreciate the opportunity, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna go make these millions of dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna make more money than you. And I'll go. Ride, I'll go ride the bus in in uh in you know in single A. Yeah, <laughs> Sacramento. Yeah, uh, peace. Now, if you're Kyler Murray, I don't know. If you're Kyler Murray, obviously the money is great. We saw another guy 
who was also drafted in the first round, they lose number 18 to the LA Angels, Jordan Adams, who was committed to play wide receiver at North Carolina, four-star recruit. He was like, nah, I ain't going to North Carolina anymore. I'm <laughs> playing for the LA Angels. Right. And it makes perfect sense. You're getting millions of dollars. Yeah. And as an NFL player, like, Jameis Winston was in somewhat of a similar p- position where, like, he was going to be a first-round pick, but he was also the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, like, he was, like, So it was like, yo, nasty you're going to be the number one pick in the NFL, or you could be a mid-first-round pick in Major League Baseball. That, you got to go with the NFL. You got to go with the NFL. It's guaranteed money. Yeah. This is the opposite. This is, like, Kyler Murray, you're a 5'11 quarterback. <laughs> you're probably going to draft in the fifth round if you make it to the league. You're going to have to go through the ringer. You may never make a million dollars in your life. Or you can make the $5 million just playing minor league baseball. It's an easy choice. Same with Jordan Adams. You could maybe get play. You have to play three years at North Carolina, and maybe you get drafted. Or you could get the money now. You take the money. To play a sport that isn't dangerous. Right, exactly. The only thing you're worried about is getting hit by a ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like if somebody hits you in the head. Now, football, you're getting hit in the head every play. Right, So yeah. it's no no decision. I don't know what Kyler Murray's doing. It's... He's thinking with his heart over his head. It's unfortunate. Hopefully, he has a great year at Oklahoma. But I will free. say that, look, I mean, that there is, and anyone who knows the ideal of being that big man on campus, I mean, that is a great experience for a lot of kids. I certainly would have loved to have had that experience. I'm sure you would love would love to have that experience. Like, you know, I don't like. <laughs> you, you, you don't know how I run at that moment. You, you know, don't know I'm how not loved you, by everybody. You know, I don't know how you run in those streets. Look, like to me, like that to me is why he's doing this. Is that you to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma University? Like what that comes with? I mean, that's gotta be awesome. And I'm pretty sure he's just like. I mean, I'll be making millions of dollars, but no one will know who the hell I am in the middle of nowhere, California, for my opening, you know, rookie rookie ball. Like, I'm just going to be obscure. There's no fame that goes with that, where on, at least when he's playing with Oklahoma, he's going to be on national TV. No, I'm sure he doesn't have... They, all that right. stuff that comes with that. I think that even if it's for just one year, I think he would enjoy... No, I'm sure he one, doesn't have an agent. Go through that. He probably has advisors that he's not paying, but... Do you think he was also pitched, this is great for your brand if you're great at Oklahoma next year? Yes. And it makes you a household name. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's worked for Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson. Like, if he balls out and it is the Heisman Trophy, where he's a candidate he, to win the Heisman he Trophy. He could end up being the next Bo Jackson. Like, that would be incredible. Or Charlie right. Ward. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, that would be the closest thing, I would think. And, like, baseball needs that. They need a, a dynamic, you know, athlete, right. dynamic personality. Yeah. I don't know what kind of crazy personality, but a dynamic, a dynamic talent that will get people galvanized, like Shohei. Like Otani. Shohei, exactly. No, you're home right. He's on the DL, unfortunately. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, uh, get well soon, Shohei. Yeah, glad they you're... caught it before he needed Tommy John. Right, yeah, we're we're all big fans. We talked about him a lot on this show. We're looking forward to seeing him get back yeah, on man. the field. Look, man, I was the first guy on the Otani bandwagon. Yeah, you were. I felt like it was like a year ago I was talking yeah. about Otani, man. You might have been longer than that. Yeah, it might have been like a year and a half. Same with Doncic, man. Yeah. I've been on both of you guys. Hey, listen, you want to get the hottest new people coming out in sports, listen to Kendall on New Generation Podcast Network. Speaking of that, that wraps up this show. A little long, but it was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Check out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on uh, Stitcher as well and on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on Facebook at New Generation uh, Podcast, New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod. Follow me on Twitter 
at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.